online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. was the Ramones, baby, I love you. You're listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. We're in Manchester at the moment making this programme. I'm with Matt Morgan. He's in charge of the switches and buttons, which are peculiar today, aren't they, Matt? They're made of Lego. Actually are made of Lego. There's bits of Lego holding them in place. That's not a joke. That's not like how you would say, oh, it's like uh, Barry, Barry Sheen, Meccano Man, that motorcyclist, they call him Meccano Man. He weren't really made of Meccano. Probably it was proper medical f stuff, wasn't it? What are you going? Barry Sheen was a motorcyclist when we were younger, men, Matthew. Don't take that time. <laughs> Barry Sheen. <laughs> I will take Works that very time. hard on a motorbike. <laughs> <laughs> he fell off, he done his legs in. They replaced bits of his tibula, fibula, whatnot, with uh, bits of metal and earning him the name Meccano Man, right? But right. he weren't really made of Meccano, but that desk actually is Lego, isn't it? Yeah, it's bits of Lego. Lego been... screwed down. Why? This is the BBC Radio 2 Manchester. Licence fee pays money. Wasted on Lego. That's childish. <laughs> we'll spend the money on Lego. <laughs> the building's made of stickle bricks. Stickle bricks. <laughs> uh, and Duplo, that one with what's a rabbit. <laughs> They're made out of that. So, uh, right, okay, this show is pre-recorded, which means we have very little control over what the content will actually be. It may have been chopped to ribbons by the time it reaches your ears. It goes through numerous filters of censorship. But what we intend is to make a beautiful radio show from our hearts made of love. What you will probably get is a series of trailers, <laughs> but don't condemn us for that. What we're doing is trying to make you a radio show. Trevor Locks here. Hello, Trev. Good evening. Good morning. Good afternoon. Well, actually, this is Saturday night for the listeners, but oh, for right, us, okay. this is Monday morning. But that's okay. We're amorphous gentlemen. Are you all right, Trev? What's the matter? Why are you holding your cup of coffee like a nervous estate agent? I'm not like a nervous estate agent. I'm like an amorphous gentleman. You're it's, not. It's not a cup of coffee. It's peppermint tea made by a lovely man. Okay. Well, I just worry about you sometimes, perched there. Now we've got a lot of business. Why are we doing this pretty cool, Glasser? Cause I'm going to Hollywood. Chasing his dream, <laughs> <laughs> and we just get tugged along in his wake. There's <laughs> nothing wrong getting tugged along in the old dream wake. It's nice. I just got to pop over there for more things to do with moguls. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to make these moguls happy. Moguls, Baloo, Bagheera, both of the castle. Who meets you at the airport when you go over there? Like some paparazzi from English firms. Well, they don't meet you and take you to your hotel. <laughs> <laughs> They're very friendly. <laughs> I love those guys. There's a man in a car. His name's Cammy, I think. It's a night. It's not! He's got a car and everything. And a face. I don't know him anywhere. <laughs> Hold on, come, we've got a lot of business to clear up. Get on with it, come on. Let's not worry about my burgeoning Hollywood career. That's a secondary to this lovely show. I mean, <laughs> <laughs> it is. I love this show, the bits of it that are broadcast. Now, uh, right here, there's a lovely text message from someone calling himself Rich. He goes, Russellus Brandus, you sexy big-haired man. I play gay football for the Birmingham Blaze gay football team. I am a gay and I loves you. Rich. <laughs> gay <laughs> football. I wonder how it differs from conventional football, gay football. Hmm. It can only be gay sex. Let's not hide from it. Uh, I don't know if that's part of the game itself. It's quite gay anyway. What do you mean, cuddling after you score? Cuddling and having shared baths. Mm, yeah, there's a homoerotic undertone, certainly. It's surprising there aren't more openly gay footballers. What with all that 
hatred of homosexuals being beamed down from the terraces, it's a surprise that more people don't come out as being gay. So, yeah, gay Has there football. ever been a gay football apart from Justin yes. Just Justin Fashnu. Most of them are gay. Trevor! They are, Russ. They are not gay. Um. None of them are. It, in a, like a, a form of sexuality that 10% uh, of the population practice, 0% of footballers do it. Do you know how I know? Go on. This is how you can tell. Go on. It's by the way they wear their shorts. Trevor, this is gonna, this is one of your blind alleys that we've all become not, aware of. You have a look, if you have a look at the way the footballer wears his shorts, mm. if the shorts go in quite a little bit round the buttock area... Trevor, you, this is, you're peddling hate, mate. I'm, I'm sending that, right, this, what we'll do is... I like it. This bill probably be cut out of the show anyway, but if it remains <laughs> in, let's get it sent directly to Peter Tatchell and see what he makes Where of your... Where has Peter Tatchell gone? He used to be on the telly... Where's Tatchell? He's give up! He doesn't care anymore. No, it's, it's since he's Peter Tatchell... <laughs> he's got, he's got himself married, he's settled down. <laughs> I've pulled that behind me. It was a phase. It was, all, <laughs> it was a phase. A lot of teenagers go for a bit where they're a bit gay, then they realise to stop all this magic. You remember when you used to have a leather bag where you used to call the Tatchell? Satchel. Yeah, <laughs> I had a leather bag, man. Called it my Tatchel Satchel because it was a bit gay. <laughs> the Tatchel Satchel. I like Peter Tatchel. He stands up for what he believes in. Yeah, he's, he's a good bloke. Literally stands up. What do you mean? Well, he goes up into the pulpit and mugs archbishops, doesn't he? He doesn't mug them, Trev. He stands up for what he believes in. Let's get right behind Peter Tatchel. Leave it. Galloway or Brand? No contest, my friend. Russell, you are brilliant. Love Alan in Oxford. What? Well, Why are you being compared to him? <laughs> I don't know, but at least in this competition I didn't know I was in, I've won. That's the main thing. Galloway or Brand? Galloway or Brand, in the views of this lad, me, it's me. Do we have to make a choice? Yes, according to that lad. Danny says, to celebrate your number one podcast and to promote that beautician guy, last week on the show we spoke to a beautician, I believe he's going to be here in a couple of weeks. Ben. To bear Ben. He's a beautician, but he's a fella and he's not getting enough work because of prejudice. The sort of thing that Peter Tatchell used to care about before he got married. <laughs> <laughs> your number one podcast and to promote that beautician guy, this person, Danny, thinks that we should get the beautician guy to come down here and completely wax one of you all over so you're completely bored. Imagine how lovely you'd look without eyebrows. You could even do it for charity since Russell claims to be so generous. Love the show from Danny. Then there's the number of this person. Uh, I don't want to get all waxed, do you, Matt? It might, um, stop your Hollywood ambitions. It might do, mightn't it? I don't know if they're like Duncan Goodhue. If I went all over there all Duncan Goodhue-like, I could be Kojak or Keanu Reeves in the first bit of The Matrix where he emerges from that pod, but other than that, there are limitations. still pitching. <laughs> <laughs> I won't be beaten down, Matt. I won't be beaten down. Trevor, on the other hand, it's got no reason not to be waxed from tip to toe. Well, Have you? I'm not that particularly her suit, am I? Well, you've got all that stuff sprouting out your head. Oh, yeah, no, you don't wax your head. This is you misunderstood. You do. Do you? Yeah. All right, and I'm up for it. I'm up for it. You know, would that be nice to have Trevor all waxed up? All bald, like a snooker ball. <laughs> <laughs> Trevor all bald, not hair on him. And then we could just look at him all nude and grease him up. Oil oh. me. Yeah. Just yeah, let's do it. You've said you will do it. Trevor, now. you will do it. Right, we'll do it for what, Charlie? Let's do something really serious. So if Trevor reneges it, it's going to look Alopecia. really bad. Not for alopecia, that's not a proper... It is bad, that's no, it's bad, it's bad. Them, and it? you've offended them, you, I Trevor! I haven't offended them! I've offended people. I like them. No. Right, so for comic relief, Trevor will wax himself no, up. No, I won't. Trevor, you've you agreed to I'll wax a couple of nipples, it. but not my head. Couple, I mean, have you got... What are you, a sow? <laughs> have you gone running all up and down your ribcage to feed your piglets? <laughs> Dirty little devil. I've got four, two little ones that aren't properly formed. Trevor, show us them at once. You better not have fun... I used to be obsessed with supernumerary nipples. People are often well, like, born with three nipples. Well, like, Goldfinger. What? <laughs> oh, yeah. He had an extra one. Uh, no. Do you know what it's called? What? A superfluous papillary. 
superfluous. There's nothing superfluous about it. Just make use of it somehow. You know, just, I don't know, keep a washing machine by it. You've got to utilise these situations. It is the Tibetan New Year. <laughs> Russell, Matt, Trevor and Mr G. He's not here. He's oh, going to do a no. poem at the end. We forgot about that. Mr Nibs. Mr Nibs. <laughs> We've got a young lad here. He's our squire. He's a young lad called Mr. Nibs. Come over here, Mr. Nibs. Now, we've got no evidence that you've got any business being on radio as yet, but let's see if you have. Now, why are you here? Um, just come to watch you working. And... Right, just come to watch me working. <laughs> yeah, just to see how everything works. Right, okay, what have you learned? Have you learned anything so far, Mr. Nibs? Um, not yet, no. Right, okay, now, that's because you're not concentrating, because there's been stuff happening. Now, by the end of the show, we expect you to have written a poem <laughs> about what's happened in the show. There's a pen here. That's to write it with. That's all the help I'm going to give you. There's some paper there. Trev's give you that. Now, Mr. G, he is our poet on the show. Now, he's not here because we're in Manchester. Met You've met him. Yeah. Right, well, don't let him down then, okay? Do not betray his memory. God rest his soul. <laughs> right, so you go over there, and by the end of the show, we want a nice poem, and it's got rhyme and everything. Otherwise, Mr. Nibs, we will cut you loose. So help us. I just wanted to wish you, says Katie, all a very happy Lossar. The Tibetan New Year. Lo, meaning year. Sa, meaning new. This is now the Tibetan, Tibetan Year 2134. Wow, we're in wow. the future. Year of the Fire Pig. Wow! That Why would you have good. that? It's the Year of the Fire Pig! Yeah, it's a sexy thing to have, isn't it? Yeah. What is a fire pig? Though? Well, I imagine, like, you know, pigs in space on Muppets. It would be a bit like that, but one of them has come out of the out of the shuttle and is going through space all ablaze. That's what I imagine. No, I think so. What no. do you think it is? I see a pig being turned on a fire with an apple in its mouth. That oh. pig's got no power! <laughs> you, you know, they. I don't know. He's got a spit! <laughs> he's got no power, he's been completely emaciated. Why? Yeah, the year of the fire pig doesn't say it's the fire pig in control. It's this whole year! He's, he's got, got a year! year. It's a year of the fire pig and you've just put him on a spit. Come on. May it be auspicious and bring you good fortune. Ah, just to clarify, year of the fire pig, we have always said in the Tibetan Book of the Dead, is a bit like pigs in space from Muppets <laughs> and nothing like a pig being roasted on a spit. Just to make that clear, that's part of our dogma. Love from me, the writer of this email. If you can find a way to solve the Chinese occupation of Tibet, <laughs> I assure you we'd be very grateful. Right, we'll get those oh, Chinese God. out of Tibet, will we? We'll try. We'll. Yeah. I tell you what, if, if the Chinese don't leave Tibet over the course of this radio show, it won't be for want of us trying. <laughs> now, firstly, we'd like to say, Get out! <laughs> that's not your Tibet! Get out! That's there, Tibet. Come on, give Tibet back now. You've only you had a little borrow of it. Now give it back. <laughs> uh, right, that's from Katie. Right, we've done a bit to help Tibet. We'll keep up trying to liberate Tibet from the Chinese over the course of the show. Hi, <laughs> hi, Russell. I'm currently in a phase of heartbreak, and I would like to say that you are the only one who's brightened up my day. About an hour ago, my friend and I were arguing over a girl, so we asked her who she would go out with, and she picked him over me. Then. He paraded her all over the room. <laughs> <laughs> there should have been a parade. Look at my gal, look at her. It's a tech tape parade. Okay. What a crazy way to live your life. It was my birthday, and he has done this three times before. What? But <laughs> these parades. How old are these people? I don't know what's going on. My cousin emailed you last week when he, she was in France. I would like to say thank you to you and hello to her. Thank you, to convey information to people in France. <laughs> Thanks very much, Anthony. Well, uh, anyway, thanks for that, mate. But if people keep doing parades, that's not right, is it? That's very odd. 
I don't know, because a parade, it must take a while to administrate as well, isn't it? You've got to get clearance from the council, could probably have to close down traffic. I don't know, don't do it no more, anyone. And also, I'd just like to make another urge for the old Chinese to get out of bed. I've not forgotten about that, that's important. Are you being more militant now you've got those ridiculous boots you've got on? Why would a man like you, Matt Morgan, attack my little rootin' tootin' what boots? What on earth are you wearing those for? These boots are my downtime boots. Now, you know I like to wear big pointy shoes when they're I'm They're downtime boots. They're, yeah. they're from the war. <laughs> what war? There are army soldiers' boots. Army soldiers? He thinks there's all different types. <laughs> there <laughs> is. What other soldiers are there? Soldier ants? They yeah. don't have boots. They're this... terrible. <laughs> they don't look right. They They've got corduroy right. trousers tucked into army boots. Yeah. The GQ should take that award back. No, exactly. mate. I earned that award. I'm stylish. Now, if I do this, that means this is stylish. Well, you look like someone in Camden. It's like goth boots. Exactly. They're goth boots. You look like you've, you're walking on golf clubs. You look ridiculous. Walking on golf clubs? Someone in Camden? irons down there. How dare you? Peter Tasher will be on there. You phoned me up and said, I went for this thing and there was a costume department and they gave me a pair of boots. I went, all right, okay, thinking they'd be pointy Russell Brand boots. They're not, they're army boots. The sort of thing I wore when I was a little grunger at school. You're still a little grunger as far as I can work out, you scruff bag. at school, though. No, that's true, you've progressed to playing with Lego in a building now. So, no, these shoes are cool, I think. Yes, they are. <laughs> People can have a look for themselves, not on the web thing, because there ain't a camera in here, I don't think. They're just incongruous to you. Yeah, Might as absolutely. well be wearing sombrero. <laughs> <laughs> I might do that. And if I do, I shall get a prize off of GQ you'll go, for you'll it. go for a part as a Mexican in Hollywood. <laughs> hey, I've got this hat free. It's brilliant. There's a room with all clothes in it. <laughs> Fever Zapatista! <laughs> right, okay, so we've got lots to clear up. We'll be talking about the sexual behaviour of dolphins. We'll have a chat oh, with no. Noel Gallagher. No, there's a lot of updates on it, Matt, and some important information. We'll be talking about Trevor Locke's tardiness last night. Uh, we've got lots of issues because we and me and Trevor are on tour, as you know, and Trevor's been behaving abominably. <laughs> abominably. So, okay, now why don't we listen to Morrissey? Shall we listen to Morrissey? Yeah. We're in Manchester. Let's listen to Morrissey. It's going to be a hell of a show. Stay with us. Morrissey, you're the one for me, fatty. Listening to Russell Brand on BBC Radio 2. Mad Morgan, you're right. Why are you looking so smug about something? What's going on? Got a little email here. Read it then. Dearest Trev, Russell and Matt, how mean is Russell for leaving Trev at the Leeds gig? We did offer him a place to stay and to get the train back to Manchester with us, but he retreated to the karaoke bar to drink J2O, which is a drink that we shouldn't. Other be drinks are available. Can't believe my friend made me leave him there all alone. So you left. Yeah, Trev. Trev's been a bit unreliable. I try and give Trev a hand up in life, having him support me on my tour. Now, Trev has started to behave like you imagine Judy Garland would behave if she was your support act, making incredible demands of the people we work with, doing laundry, bringing all his laundry from home and getting it done in the hotel at enormous what? expense. Bringing That's all his not laundry. True. Right, that ordering loads of things from room service and bringing groupies back to his room. Matt, I have a certain standard of living <laughs> that I have to live up to. Last night, for example, he had two girls sleeping in his bed, didn't you, Trevor? They had nowhere else Trevor, to go. Trevor! After <laughs> what we've been through, when will he learn? No. So, it's like, when he's, and also, like, every time the kid games, I have to get out quickly, because, like, I stay for a while, meet as many people as possible, give out some cuddles. You know, Matt, I'm more than anyone, love, give out cuddles. That's part of my job. That's and part of the yeah. service. And administrate the giving out of cuddles? Trevor, you've been very useful in the administrating of giving out of cuddles. But I'd give out cuddles to men and women alike, young and old. All not right. 
What, what do You're you a mean? Nice right? guy. Thanks. That's all I wanted to mention. That, and old dear old Trev, often you can't find him. He drifts off. He goes drifts off. I'm doing. I'm helping out. I'm doing the organisation. What are you organising at that time the of night? The cuddles, aren't I? I'm the cuddles take Hang on a minute. He told me that he, you'd gone without him. Mm, yeah, we yeah. did. We had to. We called him. Called him numerous times. He doesn't answer his phone because he's carried on with floozies. No, I'm not. Like Rudolph Valentino. Oh, I wasn't. I was with these people that wrote this email. I was signing a few autographs, having a few photographs. Then who are the taken. two people you dragged back to your lair? I didn't drag anyone back. I you was left in a karaoke bar. It's the best place for How you. How did you Trevor? get in there? You can't be. It's not like you're an ornament who's left there. <laughs> <laughs> <That's> an ornament. <laughs> You've got arms and a legs. A couple of Chinese fellas picked me up as an ornament. They thought Trevor. I was lucky. They said I had a lucky face. Took me back there, and they sat. Me next to a money tree. I was up there for about half an hour until a couple of fans pawned me out. Trevor, then, all I'm saying is you've become a dangerous liability I on haven't. that tour. You're jeopardising its success. So we had to leave you in Leeds no, because you, you weren't available. Where were you? You left like that. One minute I saw you, you were signing. I went to get to you. Some people said, Come and have a photograph to sign this. I said, All right. The next minute, you've gone. You've you, you legged it. The karaoke bar is opposite bar. the stage door. The st I, I left out the stage door. There's no one there. Trevor, it's you raining. You can't expect the I'm world alone. to stop so you can hang around gambling and doing karaoke and stuff. This it's a terrible liability. It's unfair. And luckily, there were two people who come to see the show who are going back to Blackpool. Less lucky because very... those people have now gone home with venereal diseases. Oh, please. Right, we've got an email here that's very important. Russell, Matt and Trevor, I have a problem of the utmost importance which I need your help with. Having followed your recent success with Whispering With Dogs, because we solve people's problems in an item called Cry For Help, where people ring us up and then they go, help, like that, and then we help them. I would like your help solving my pigeon-related problem, says Niall Ingham. He's got a pigeon-related problem. I'm a hard-working student, and as such, I'm not usually awake before 12. Idle. However, there are two pigeons which wake me up. Okay. Well, this sounds an intriguing problem. He thinks that these pigeons are malicious. And he wants to buy, he's thinking about buying an illegal firearm to get rid of him no, at this time, with this out. social on. tension going on. Well, I believe Niall Ingham may be available for us to talk to, so let's have a chat to him. Niall, are you there? Hello, Russell, how are you? I'm very well. Why do you begin all conversations by making a robot noise? <laughs> I'm very sorry about that, Russell. <laughs> you mustn't do it. <laughs> Just be yourself. Don't be anybody else. I believe that's one of the lyrics from Just Say No. You don't have okay. to be anyone else, not a robot, not no one. So what seems to be the trouble? We've got an, a, the gist of it is that pigeons are driving you to become a gangster. Well, the problem was, it started off, I'd just bang on the window and they'd fly off, but in recent... you re just bang on the window? Yeah, and in recent weeks, they've sort of, well, they, they're getting very cocky now, and mm. I, I can shout and scream at them and they won't move. Like, my housemate Lank, I mean, he, he went... Your housemate who? Uh, my friend Lank, he's... Lank. 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 He sounds like he's from the Munsters. <laughs> no, he's very tall, though. He's very tall. <laughs> Lank. Okay, your housemate Lank, who immediately I'm suspicious of. So uh, this is it. The pigeons have evolved to be able to absorb up fear. They're no longer afeard of you. You bang well, on the window, yeah. they just ignore it. Well, he poured shampoo on them. And oh, was... no. This is the abuse. Well, no, it was, it was it was twofold, really. One, they'd be cleaner for it, and two, we'd hope they'd go away, but... You mustn't shampoo God's creatures. <laughs> don't think, young man. Well, so there's pigeons on the window, you terrorise them, then you pour shampoo on them. Well, it, it was desperate times, desperate measures. What right? are they doing wrong? What's the problem? Yeah, what is the problem? Well, they're just, they're just cooing constantly. It wakes me up all the time. They're cooing is the gentle sound of nature, mate. Coo, coo, coo. Get into it. 
morning. You I... make robot noises at the beginning of the conversation <laughs> and we've been very patient and tolerant. A pigeon does a quick coo and you're on them with a Vidal Sassoon. You want to get hold of yourself. I was, they just, their response now is just to copulate in front of me, which isn't appropriate behaviour. They're copulating in front of him. Does this yeah. turn you on or something? Are you into it? Because when I see a pigeon's having it off, I just politely look the other way till they're finished. Then I'll see if they need anything, like a tea towel or a cuddle, calm them down. <laughs> what I don't do is watch them when they're in the throes of their passion. Well, it's hard not to when outside my bedroom window, that's the problem. I wonder why they've chosen that as a venue. I wonder if you're letting off pheromones, pheromones, <laughs> off your nuts that lure pigeons. That's what I'm beginning <laughs> to wonder, Niall. If you're attracting those pigeons, sending out the wrong signals, are you? Well, I thought, I thought the banging on the window was a message that they... they what are want. you using to bang on the window? That's what I want to know. <laughs> just my hands, Russell, just my hands. You say that, you dirty little devil. <laughs> I think you and Lank stand in your bedroom, <laughs> stiff as boards, the pair of you. And they're embarrassed that the pigeons are seeing what they're up to, him and Lank. <laughs> yeah. And why is shampoo involved? Yeah, why is shampoo even in the bedroom? Yeah, go, quick, Lank, they're watching us. Throw <laughs> <laughs> the, <for> the shampoo. <laughs> Grab some of the products the pigeons are watching. We are hard-working students. What we're doing here is up to us, pigeon boy. <laughs> How we unwind is our own business. Here, throw one of the whips. Throw our chaps at the window. I don't know what you're up to, young man, but if you think we're going to support you in your attack of God's lovely pigeons... Poor innocent pigeons. Innocent. Seeing you and Lank. At it. <laughs> lumbering all over. Clawing hey, each other's back. Hey, there's some pigeons come back. <laughs> don't worry about it, Lank. I'll drive him away. Where's the acid? If we didn't keep releasing all this musk off our nut bags, maybe those guys would clear off. I'll cut the Vaseline, boss. <laughs> We're gonna need that, Lang. Keep hold of the grease. Grease me up. Let's get rid of those feathery poivoids. What are they watching for? I you are to blame, Niall. I can assure you my um, intentions are honourable. I just like a decent night's sleep, to be honest. Well, I'm stop having it off with Lang, then. <laughs> That's the problem. <laughs> Don't blame the pigeons, mate. But the sleep afterwards is so much nicer. <laughs> That's true. You and Lank in each other's arms, all cuddle up, nuzzling, purring. I bet it's used to cooing at each other. Coo, coo. Oh, Lank, you make me feel so good. Coo, coo. How dare you, Russell? I have a girlfriend. She would be so upset. She would be. If she finds out about you and Lank, your girlfriend, stroke beard, that you're using. Listen, just own it, mate. This is another issue that Tatchell should be involved in. Where is he? Where is Tatchell? What's wrong with the gay men in this country? They're not standing up and being proud of their sexuality. We'll get to the bottom of this. Right, anyway, go help in a, like that voice, because otherwise we can't help you. Sounded like the sort of man who would very happily. Oh, that just grabbed him from behind. <laughs> Didn't it? <laughs> yeah. The only thing you need help from is from Lank's clammy fingers <laughs> groping your pelvic bone. Now listen, young man. What I suggest is you just accept them pigeons. Don't hurt them. Because when I see them spikes on ledges where pigeons That's should land, just to stop them landing. I don't like it though, Matt. They've got to sit somewhere. Those pigeons. Yeah, but they do poo everywhere. No, you know, I like that. They are allowed to go and sit and live in the countryside. <laughs> what are they going to eat? They are allowed. They are allowed. Look at you, Daily Mail attitude to pigeons. <laughs> These pigeons come over here. They prevent me and Lank from having our sexual, physical fun. Then they steal our jobs. My house is covered in spikes to stop them landing. Freeloaders. <laughs> Bloody freeloading pigeons. Go and live at sea. Yeah. They come over here, they run minicab services. They can't be trusted. <laughs> For Christ's sake, young man, listen, I think you need to extend a bit more tolerance and warmth to the pigeon community. They are our feathered brothers. 
Couldn't you, as you're an animal lover, couldn't you find a home for them? They can come live around my house. I do actually know how to get rid of in this, and Matt, it's not a bad thing. You might know, Matt, but do I you think that idea. Niall is a person we can trust with that sort of information? Yes. Niall, or as I call him, Nihilist, because he believes nothing has any meaning. Go on the internet, get a picture of an eagle or a hawk with a big, with a, like a close-up of its eye, this works, and then stick it to the inside of your window, and, when, and the pigeons won't land there because it'll look like there's a bigger bird there. Also, people will think that you're a far-right extremist. <laughs> You'll have no one bothering you with eagles <laughs> in your window. Why don't you put swastikas up as wallpaper as well? That's true, it'll work. It might work, and also... We'll get a big rubber bird. <laughs> Where are you going to get a big rubber <laughs> bird from? For Christ's sake, Matt, what kind of life do you live? Right, okay, well, we've helped you best we can, Niall. You can get a picture off the internet of an eagle, or you can get a rubber bird out of some shop that don't exist, or you can simply have confident sex with your friend Glank and own up to <laughs> who you are. How about that as an option? Um, I, do, I don't know whether it'll work though, because they, they seem to be very clever, these pigeons. I don't, I'm not sure whether that will... will Compared that, to you they are, you dirty little racist. <laughs> now come on, let's get in the Christmas spirit. There we go, <laughs> jingle bells. <laughs> now listen. I might be able to, on a different note, I might be able, there might be the possibility of finding you an ice cream van for your, um, for your, um... Really? Because we, we, we we're going to celebrate, uh, we are the number one podcast in the United Kingdom, and we were going to celebrate that by driving an ice cream van around and having some sort of party. We were going to get Noel Gallagher come with us and dish out ice creams, perhaps wearing a pinny but no trousers and pants. It would be good if we could get hold of an ice cream van, do you know where we could score one? Um, I know a friend who's got one, but we might need a few signed pictures to, um, of you, yourself and You've got a friend with an ice cream van. I do Lank. have a friend with an ice cream van, yeah. Is it Lank? No. Do you and Lank, I... get, do you call each other Mr. Whippy and give each other a cuddle? Oh, Lank, give us a go in your ice pole. Is that what goes on, is it? Russell, you seem very, um, obsessed with Lank. We don't need to pass on his number to you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd like to talk to him. I actually. want to talk to Lank. I don't know what the hell's going Let's on. Let's talk to him in this show. Leave Lank's number with Mikey as you go. We will have that ice cream van. Can you get us it? Where do you live? Um, I, I live in Swansea, so... It's miles away from us, but mind you, you can drive the ice cream van to us, they move! That's the beauty of ice cream vans, but the ice cream might melt, it won't. Right, yeah, drive to us from Swansea. Leave your details with Mikey, he's our assistant. Oh, I don't know what his job is, but he's very helpful. <laughs> <laughs> leave stuff with him, and then, uh, right, and give us, leave Lank's number and your details, and we'll have that ice cream van, please. Okay, that's great. Thank right. you very much for helping me. Bye, Nihilist, you bye. little perv. Bye, bye, love you, bye. There he goes, old Nile. He was a nice lad, wasn't he? Lovely man. I think we've offered him all the help anyone could. Mm. So, I mean, there's obviously there's only so much you can do when someone's fueled by hatred in the way Nile was. I think you're allowed, it's like, you're allowed to shoot pigeons. What do you mean, Matt? Wait, well, where, where do you live? You've got a funny way of looking at the world. I think you're allowed to shoot pigeons. The pigeons can go and live in the countryside if they want. You think you live in a world of dollies, mind well, you, you have got a desk made out of Lego. Yeah, rats with wings, people say, don't they? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Hitler said things like that. You can't trust people's bonkers views. <laughs> <laughs> I like pigeons, I think they're alright. Trev, what's the matter? Why are you staring down or downcast? Are you ready to apologise for last night yet? No, I am not. Right, okay, let's go to a track. What are we going to listen to, Mafu? The Clash. The Clash. What's it called? Clash City Rockers. What oh, an exciting yeah. moment this is going to be for all of us. Stay with us. This is Russell Brown on Radio 2. <laughs>
Clash City Rockers, The Clash, we were going to fade out earlier, then Matt announced that he didn't have the confidence to do it. He goes, I'll fade out now, I've not got the confidence to do it. Why have you not got well, the I didn't confidence? know what was going to happen in the song, I thought something mad might happen. Or with them Lego things as well, that can be disorientation. You can't Shut trust Lego. Don't talk while we're doing the radio show, please, it's confusing for us. Uh, there's some people in the studio talking while we're doing the radio <laughs> show. Poems One of them is Mr Nibs. Mr Nibs is supposed to be writing a poem instead of Mr G today. Mr G doesn't talk while he's writing the poem, Mr Nibs, you should know this, he's silently does it, doesn't he? He ponders. He ponders. That is the state of a poet. A poet does not chatter, does he, Matt? No. It's not the nature of a poet. We've got some uh, lovely letters and that that have been written by a machine. Hi, Russell, says Nikki. I love your podcast. They keep me sane. <clears throat> that's worrying, isn't it? it that is someone's on the precipice worrying. of insanity yeah, yeah. and the only thing that's keeping them going over the line is a podcast. And linked with lovely British chaps while I'm at veterinary school in Slovakia. Oh. That's a bit mm, mysterious, like isn't it? it? Yeah. Slovakian veterinary school. I spent some time in Slovakia. Have you? What do you mean, like, why are you saying that like you were out there as a bounty hunter doing killings? I didn't say that. <laughs> <laughs> I spent some time in Slovakia. What you never really get over Good men. I would have loved to have come and see you, but unfortunately I can't come back until April 6th, so I'll just miss your last date. That's talking about my tour, but maybe next time. It's sold out anyway, that tour, so it doesn't matter. I hope your cat <laughs> recovers from his castration. Yeah, I hope so too. Just to add, you are very good looking and talented. Thanks, Trip. Just say it, Matt. I can't Does censor things. Like, no. You do like to keep the, uh, you know, keep those out there, those ideas, don't you? Oh, yeah, yeah, I do. I like to. I don't like that to drop too low in the mix. But anyway, it'll probably get... Does it mention your boots? It, oh, yes. Your <laughs> boots, by the way, are in keeping with your overall appearance and cool. And Herman Munster... Has <laughs> to pull them off wonderfully. <laughs> Look at this, Trev and Matt. You are both excellent too. You make a great team. So there you are. Finally, a bit of honesty there. <laughs> <laughs> Russell, Matt, and Trevor really love the show, etc., etc. I would like your help, says Scott from Camberley. Can you let me know what happened to poor old David Ike? Well, he's all right. I think he's doing he's really fine. well. He's, he's doing, doing really well. He's good doing tours, good work. Making a lot of money, exposing sort of conspiracies and that and being quite cool. I think he's nice. And I he's also kept sane by our podcasts. <laughs> yes, he is. <laughs> yes. He's another one clinging on. He was last seen forecasting the imminent end of the world while dressed in a baby blue tracksuit. It was turquoise, That wasn't the last time you've seen. He's done loads I've of seen lizards. I've talking about lizards. Yeah. Philip uh, Schofield's a lizard. He's exposed that. Uh, Rolf Harris is a lizard. He's what blown. if he starts to believe he's actually a lizard? Do you oh, think he'll no, just stop I'm the lizard. lecture show and go home and go, God, I'm gonna have to stop this. I can't even trust me. I'm part lizard now. Christ, who would have suspected me, me of all people, <laughs> of being a lizard? Yeah, uh, I like David Icke. I think loads of things he says are all right, but it's just that lizard thing. Yeah, that's why, they, that's why they make him say it. Yeah, say that lizard thing, David, because yeah. it undermines the things you're saying that are actually true about media manipulation. Even our own radio show yeah. gets censored, probably because of our attempts to free Tibet from the bloody <laughs> Chinese. Don't think we've forgotten about that. China, give Tibet back. Give it back. Go on, it's not your Tibet. Uh, so anyway, uh, the world hasn't ended yet, so I imagine he's a bit embarrassed. No, no he's not. He never predicted it would end this quickly. It's ending. It is ending. He's probably got, like, yeah, he's got a point. I'll understand if people have more pressing personal emotional stuff and need your help, but it'd be good to know he's alright. Well, we'll find out. We'll give him a ring or something. It'd be nice to talk to David Icke, mm. wouldn't it? I'd love to talk to him. Let's get him in. Get him in. Nice radio show, Russell. Please don't shout, I've got a terrible migraine. Love, Molly Coddle. 
Well, Molly Coddle is off of uh, the fan site. Hello, everyone on the fan site. I offer you actual, genuine love. Um, She's a fan. Why is she going to... Please don't shout. I've got a terrible headache. Well, I suppose it's the familiarity you feel if you are a genuine fan. You sort of feel like, oh, I can right. just tell them what to do. If <laughs> she was a genuine fan, she would love your shouting anyway. But she might have a migraine. Come on, let's be sympathetic, particularly to our core fans. There's them people that we need now more than ever in this time of censorship. And also, I read something in the star now. It's difficult for me, I, like, you know, because, you know, sort of people sometimes say horrible things in the papers. I wasn't sure whether to ignore it, rise above it like Jesus would, or... He got a very bad press, didn't he? People <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> always sticking the boot the into Nazareth that guy. The Nazareth Chronicle, really. Oh. I mean, they tore him to pieces. This Jesus character, 32, I predict bad <laughs> things for him. Jesus yeah. yesterday. Jesus swaggered into town on a donkey, stinking of booze. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, what I'm saying is, right, that this bloke in the star, the TV critics, really like been saying some malicious things about me now i'm wondering whether I, I should use these various media outlets to begin a campaign who is it um damn that's the thing name? about the star really isn't it you don't know they who he is. mark ward not mark ward he was a west ham winger <laughs> <laughs> who i'm very fond of uh dave ward i think he's called he's in the star let's get a copy of the star Warner, isn't it I can't remember, but he's the TV crew from the star, right? And Warden. like, he had a go at me last week, right? Saying that the Brits was rubbish. When the Brits was good, wasn't it, Matt? Brilliant. We were brilliant. Especially that bit where I weed in a bottle backstage. That was our real was highlight. <laughs> oh no, they did televise that bit, which they missed a trick there. Especially the bit where the display yeah, so right, come on. All right, I like the display. Vapor? This you are turning into Herman Munster. <laughs> You've got great big Frankenstein boots on and you have vapour coming out of your... The vapour didn't come out of me. The vapour, what happened was, the wee went in the I bottle. I know, I was there, I saw it, I had to hold the curtain, I smelt it. I... <laughs> Please, it's difficult, can we move on? Inflated me like a bullfrog's neck. Hold on. <laughs> the displaced vapour did. Hold on. It's like I'm not having Popeye's that. Popeye's forearm, it was horrible. <laughs> anyway, and this... has got a little tattoo of an anchor on it. <laughs> I don't understand this. <laughs> Well, I weed in a bottle. But I should laugh, be a... you just did. <laughs> Sometimes I become quite coquettish. You Penelope Pitstop. I swear I do. Oh, fiddle dee dee. Quiet, dum dum. I can't remember what happened in there. You're going to go far in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> I can do nine voices. Some of them are great. <laughs> Come on, my. Quiet, dum dum. <laughs> That's what you say to your driver when we're out there, isn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Quiet, dum-dum. Take a left on a sunset boulevard. It's time to fulfill some Hollywood dreams, dum-dum. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I do carry on a bit like that. Listen, so I'm wondering whether or not to start a campaign. I think he's called Dave Ward or something like that. Get his name first, because otherwise... It Mr. Nibs, stop taking photographs, write your poem, go and get a copy of the Daily, Daily Star, Mr. Nibs. He's our assistant. We're training this boy up. He'll be a great broadcaster one day, that lad, Mr. Nibs. How old are you, Mr. Nibs? Ah, oh, he's only 18. 18. Bless him. He's probably don't even know what he is. <laughs> go, and, go, go and get a Daily Star. Good lad. Right, please. Oh, there he's going. Please. Said please. I knew this little child once called Sonny it was. And it said, when it said please, it was a threat. I go, he goes, uh, can I have some chocolate? I go, what do you have to say? I goes, please. Please. Please meant now. To How that did you child. know him? Was this this glass collector you were obsessed with? What glass collector? Once you came to me, <laughs> I it was back in the days. <laughs> Rebrand era. Yeah, when I was on the old Persian rugs. Yeah, and he said, I've got this kid, he's brilliant, he's a glass collector, he's about five. <laughs> what was that, that all about? You said we could make a TV show about him. I've got this kid. Now, what it was, is he looked a bit like 
uh, he was a little tubby black lad, and I really liked him. He was collecting glasses in his pub, and he just had something about him, Matt. I thought, <laughs> <laughs> I thought, let's make a TV show about him. He got something. He's got something special. But I was, I, you know, I weren't, I weren't I know, I was, clued up. How do we, where do, how do <laughs> What's we find him? What? I don't know. I don't know. Just... Matt, I'm, I'm an ideas man, yeah? <laughs> don't try and fence me in. Let's just go find that little lad and make a TV show about him and the way he feels. That's really funny, actually, isn't it? In that biography, which we don't want to publicise because it's evil and... Uh, it was unofficial, although when you read it, it is quite fun. No, it's rubbish. It's bad. Don't read it. Don't get that unofficial biography. There's bits of it. It's just telling things, that was telling stories about me, things that me and Matt done. Me and Matt were reading it, and it was making us laugh. Because there was one time when like, there was this old lady walking down the street, and I was all like, all coked up, don't do drugs, drugs are bad. And like, and because I forgot that I was on loads of coke, and just thought the world is really, oh God, everything's really exhilarating. <laughs> I forgot that it was all because I was on dangerous amphetamines. We saw this little old lady, goes, hey, look at her. She got a character. She's fantastic. Come on, Matt, let's follow her. We started following her, and she went into her secured accommodation through like a security gate that went like that. There was a camera on it and stuff. And I goes, Come on, let's follow her. She goes, I don't think you're supposed to be in here. I went, We're coming with you. We want to see how you live. <laughs> following people about to see how they live. It's terrible, really. Then yeah. we went into her house, and she was all bewildered and nervous. And I was going, Come on, Matt, isn't everything brilliant? Look at this, brilliant. <laughs> She's telly. Yeah. She's telly, this woman. This woman is telly. Let's film. And Matt goes, it might be because you're taking so much cocaine, Russell, <laughs> that you feel so enthusiastic and egotistical. It was, actually. It turns we out Matt was a lot of right. stuff like that. Sometimes yeah. we didn't even have a camera with us. No, no, why are we doing that? Following people, going places. Odd way to carry on. Let's mm. not take drugs ever again. They're bad for you. Right, so, um, anyway, so I'm wondering whether to start, because he, he had a go at me, and also, right, it was in the, it was in the star last week, having a pop at the Brits, which was really good, and, like, widely regarded as a triumph. John from Ross said it was absolutely brilliant. Yeah. We can trust that man's verdict. Right. And, uh, yeah, so, um, what I want to know is, is whether or not to start a campaign against this Mark character, or does that compromise me spiritually? What do you think, Trevor? Well, I think you should rise above it. Rise Although, above it. He was very unkind about Charlotte Church as well uh, yesterday. Cheap shots. That was the sun, wasn't it? I don't know. All the TV critics are a bit out of order. Well, they've got to be. I mean, if you were one, you can't just go. Oh, that was good. You've got yeah, to be that's true. Nasty, no, but you can you? be good. You can criticise in an intelligent, interesting, original way, or you yeah, can be lazy, and in a judicious way. That's kindly not like sort of malicious and nasty and accurate as well a lot of the things they say just aren't true yeah so he had to get me last week and i reckon because i saw it on that that fan site uh russell brand forum which i like and i love them people god bless them god bless them lovable fans right they one of them had seen it and so it was up on that fan site which means that they would have bombarded him they would have bombarded him with emails anyway they do that sort of things themselves god bless them in their loyal decent support so right and then he today followed up his initial vicious senseless pointless attack by going uh Oh, thanks for all the emails of support agreeing with my attack on Russell Brand. <laughs> and I think you got loads of people from the fan site sending you emails saying that, you know, you're out of order. And like, you know, and he just used it again. So I think it'll be good, right, if that man wants to go around senselessly hating people, perhaps he should receive senseless hatred. Perhaps people should send it. Perhaps he needs to no. know what it's like for no. people to smash his windows. No. <laughs> yeah, who cares? Yeah. Hold on, but... No, because we're all about love, remember? We are all about love mostly, but if someone's <laughs> full of hate, 
Perhaps we should remove them people no. from the planet. I don't know. But anyway, he's a TV critic from the star. You might be able to find out stuff about him. If you can, you do what you think is right. No. Look inside no. yourselves That's and all. do what no, is right. No, no. We want the world to be beautiful and think people should be beautiful to each other. Where's my star, Mr. Nibs? I'll kill that kid. <laughs> that was I, irony there. I reckon you should bring him onto the show and debate with him face to face, man to man and end up with a cuddle. No, I know. Let's just, like, find a real live wire fan <laughs> and stoke them up to the point where they do something reckless. <laughs> no, no, let's no, not it can't, it can't be much of a life being the TV It must be star. horrible. That's true. That can't That's be. Because you've got to money. work at the star, but you've also yeah. got to watch loads of telly. Oh, my God. Like, sit there watching tapes of everything, you know. Yeah. Yeah. I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him. I feel sorry for him. And he's got to just oh, get an angle yeah. on stuff. So yeah. So, you know, he's going to yeah. go... Let's extend love to that man. Exactly. Let's get him on the show, shake his and give him a cuddle. We'll extend love, but, you know, if you can find his email address, perhaps he needs to <laughs> save our senseless hatred. I don't know. And if you know where he actually lives, perhaps... No. All right. Now, let's not do anything reckless or nasty. We're about love. Okay, so we've got someone on the phone that we're going to help with their problem. Who is it, then? Amy! Amy! You got some sort of problem? What is it? <laughs> Hello, Russell. Hello, darling. You all right? Oh, very well. How are you? I'm ever so well, thanks. Oh, okay. Yeah, I'm in a good mood. I'm in a right good mood oh, about things. Oh, you're like you are. Yeah, you're better than I am. <laughs> Why? Why are you not in a good mood? What's wrong, Amy? Oh, nothing much. I was just thinking, I, I, the, like, I, I am 22, and I shave my head. Right, fair enough. It's not like bald, not like Britney. Mm, because not... people have taken that as a real defiant stance against femininity, the shaving of her head. It's been seen as a really powerful, symbolic act, ain't it? Why do you shave your head? I just go, well, uh, I don't know, but I'm kind of lazy. As well, what, like, so you just know. don't have to comb your hair or put well, air gel on? Yeah, well, I do comb it. You know, lots often quite like does, You comb it? Like yeah. Well, you said it's just shaved, but you must be but, just you know, raking a comb across your head like a maniac. <laughs> well, is that what you do? Rake a metal comb across your head, dribbling yeah. into a mirror? Yeah. Yes, that's what I do. Yeah. Sounds all right to me, Amy. <laughs> I wouldn't seek to condemn you. So, okay, so what advice do you need from us, darling? Well, it's only that. I just think, I just wonder whether you think I might, like, be having, like, an adverse effect on my love life. Because, like, people think that I'm a lesbian. Well, are you not a lesbian? Well, if I react in anger, if people ask me, like, then I look like a, like a homophobe, which I'm not. Okay. Well, uh, you know, of course, we all know that nothing wrong with being a lesbian. It's no, a bloody good course, thing. Yes. Okay. Now, so, yeah. but you aren't a lesbian, no. but you do look like you might belong to a yeah. particular aspect of the lesbian community, i.e., them ones what's got short hair. And no, but then, then if I do ever meet a boy, they're always mm. a bit weird. Mm. Like, they've always got, like, like, you know, like, they work at, like, Argos. And Listen, nothing wrong with that. Nothing no, wrong like, with that. No, but what I'm saying is, like, you know, I mean, like, a nice, normal boy, but if mm. I don't look nice and normal, then I'm worried that, like, then I... I suppose you will, yeah, if you sort of make choices that sort of suggest you belong to a particular culture, then you're, you know, you're unlikely to meet, sort of, say, a kind of, uh, dapper fella what wears a tuxedo and goes hunting of a weekend. Well, cause... I don't know. Where do you socialise, Amy? Where do I socialise? Yeah. I don't know, there's not really many places to go in Birmingham, but, you know, I, I, I don't know, I like, sort of, I don't know, sort of places that play, like, metal and stuff, which I suppose isn't more, it's not really the sort of place. But I don't want to go places that play, like, you know, cheese. Go places that play Chris de Burke. Everyone will be feeling right romantic there, I predict, and they'll be <laughs> falling into each other's arms, regardless of haircut. Matthew knows about heavy metal music. He'll be our help. So um, I have to go somewhere that plays Christopher. You might have to. No, stick with the metal, but I reckon you should have a range of wigs for a different. A range of wigs? Yeah. Why can't she just that be herself? Yes, exactly. Because she could go out with a suitcase full yeah. of wigs, 
Mm. And then she could, you can be yourself, but there's lots of different, you know, aspects, aspects of the self. someone back to my room by wearing a wig and be like... That's true, because hold on, yeah, she gets someone back to the room, she takes the wig off that person. No, because what you do is in the taxi going home, in the taxi, just lift it up and go, like that. And so they think, hang on, did she just lift her hair up? Well, hold on, you're gonna do that sound effect. It's also, though, isn't that the wonder bra effect of, like, you sort of feel like a bit swindled sometimes? No, not if she sort of brings it gently, goes, like that, and you think, hang on, she's bald. Right. I'll show you with my sterling personality. Your personality is brilliant. No one's denying that. It might be. It might be that I'm just really annoying. Your upbeat and your fun, Amy. No one is contesting that. We've been speaking to you for a matter of minutes and it's obvious you're lovely. But where are you making this phone call from? Because there's an odd noise in the background. Um, it might be. It might be. Oh, I'm sitting in a betting shop. Oh, dear. That's the problem. It's your gambling addiction. The problem's not your hair. But the reason you're not meeting people is because you run around clutching betting slips. Worrying about the 10.30 at Chapstow or whatever it is that people think. Did you cut your hair off to pay for gambling debts? Oh, no, I, yeah, I, just, I just work here. You, oh, right, oh, you're working right, in the betting shop. Yeah. Can't you meet some lovely gambling fella, a bit like Paul Newman in one of his films where he's a gambler? <laughs> Maybe. Perhaps you can. But they all, they all usually smell like cider or wee. Cider and wee, and yeah. or wee. And that, that's what the actual wee, that's what they smell like. They go back and forth to the pub all day. Really? Like, you know, just the stereotype of gamblers. I mean, I'm sure a lot of them are very nice. Um, that is very sensible broadcasting that you've just done there. Thank Matthew? You. Gambling shops are the most there. baffling environments on earth. They are, aren't they? I don't we understand were, it. We were in one recently, and it's a bit depressing because the floor is scattered with torn and broken dreams. People yeah. stagger, looking at the future for hope and optimism. Optimism <laughs> that will never come. Oh, I don't like it in there. No. It's like they give you all their money and they can't afford it. They can only afford to buy their kids, like, jigsaws from the charity shop with the pieces missing and that. That's oh. depressing. A jigsaw with pieces missing, that's going to be largely unsatisfying. I wouldn't start the jigsaw till I can. all the way to the end and mm. then there's a piece missing, right? So, I don't know. Why do you know so much about jigsaws from charity shops? This is a minority <laughs> interest. Jigsaw. Listen, my love, I think that you don't meet someone at the betting shop if you're worried about this cider and wee thing. <laughs> what I think you should do is just go to a wider variety of places. Yeah. Sometimes go to a Toff's Ball. Sometimes go out to a place for, I don't know, for people that are suffering from, I don't know, some sort of condition. They're bonkers or something. Yeah, go to support groups to meet people, things and like that. In a suitcase full of wigs. Tank, yeah, try a match suitcase full of wigs option, a variety uh, of wigs, but do always remember in the taxi to lift it up like a puppet. Okay. <laughs> Amy, we have helped you all that we possibly can. Help? You said oh, help. You haven't said help. Pardon? You haven't gone, help! No. <laughs> 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 You've got a lovely personality. You'll be married by the end of the show, I oh, guarantee it. Jeez, I promise. Yeah, well, if you, you don't need to meet someone. You've got everything you need inside your own mind and heart. Oh, but I reckon you'll meet someone mate. everywhere. That's oh. all right. Thanks, Thanks for calling us. You're a beautiful soul. Ta-ta. Bye-bye. Oh, Off she goes, old Amy. Well, I think she seems nice. Yeah, she shouldn't worry about looking like a lesbian. I think lesbians are very attractive. I prefer lesbians to, to straight women sometimes. What do you mean sometimes? Or well, I've, what I, circumstances? I often end up falling in love with lesbians. Really, Trevor? Yeah. Well, I don't know what that is. I worry. Because they're not interested in you. Maybe that's what it is, yeah. I don't think you have to be a lesbian to not be interested in Trevor, but it helps. <laughs> um, okay, what, what, is it the news yet? Or, what, what, one minute? one minute to fill. So, why don't you tell us about yourself, Russell? <laughs> <laughs> well, hi, name. Russell and co. Love listening to your show. Your race. Mm, so funny. I'm, I'm about wetting me sen here. Nice one on the podcast and all, Russell. That's to be done in a Geordie accent. Hey, Russell, love listening to your show. Your ace. Mm, so funny. I'm about a boot wetting me sen here. There, that's it. Me yeah. sen? Isn't that Scottish, though? 
All right. Hey, Russ, love listening to your show. Your ace and so funny. I'm about witnessing here. Nice one on the podcast and all, Russell. If you'd like to book Russell Brand, he's Hollywood. Right, okay, let's see what's going on on our bonkers planet that we're calling Earth. Hopefully the Chinese would have got out of Tibet we've been asking nicely for an hour now. Andrea Simmons, we've noticed that on pre-recorded shows you are not doing our evil bidding. That is why in this broadcast you're going to have to say the Chinese must leave to no, bed. So, report that they have left. Report that they have <laughs> left. And then we won't know if, we, if they actually have or it's Andrew Simmons. So this news should go, dung. Hello, this is Andrew Simmons from the BBC. The Chinese have left to bed at last. Always nicking to bed and that is out of order. And say, I, Andrew Simmons, have betrayed Russell Brand and his colleagues with my traitorish ways. Okay, so uh, this... <laughs> 88 to 91 FM, this is Radio 2 from the BBC. Here's the news now at 10 o'clock. This is Andrea Simmons. BBC News at three minutes past 10. Our next is at 11. Oh, wonder, uh, just so you know, Russell, so far at least, you don't frighten me. Online, on digital, and on 88 to 91 FM. BBC Radio 2. Russell Brand. Violent Femmes, you're listening to Russell Brand on Radio 2. We don't know if Andrea Simmons obeyed our bidding then because this is a pre-recorded show, but hopefully the news included an apology and vital news about the situation <laughs> in Tibet. Right, so uh, we've got lots of things to clear up. Remember last week we were talking quite a lot about dolphins and their antics? Yes. Sex-wise. Hold on, where is it? Oh, no, I've lost it. So be prepared when the music's on. That's when I should prepare, shouldn't I, by the Violent Femmes are playing. I've just got caught up in it all. Right, now, we were talking about dolphins and their sexual behaviours, because we learned last week that they use their umbrella handle-like genitalia to snag people up their shorts <laughs> and drag them off on a giddy wild sex that. ride. Didn't Someone we? Someone claims that. It was a claim. Is that not the same as actual facts? No. <laughs> <laughs> okay, dear Russell, says Sarah, I'm listening to your dolphin discussion on Listen Again. Did you know that dolphins are the only mammals apart from humans that have sex for fun? Dirty little How do pervert. We know that? That's not true. They have it for fun. They're Hold always on. smiling because their face looks like that. <laughs> hey, animals. this is great. I'm just doing this for a laugh. <laughs> I caught it a tune in that, but I'm still smiling. <laughs> Some of these tunes are quite frisky. <laughs> so it's quite plausible, says Sarah, that the dolphin did stick his winky up that person's shorts. They are also incestuous and carry out sex crimes. <laughs> no, That's what Sarah says. But a crime means they're in a sort of legal situation. Perhaps they've got their own dolphin laws. The rule of the sea. The rule Neptune. of the sea. King Neptune. This is the sea now, my lad. We've got our own rules here. How's your hand up there? Is that your little pipe, is it? Yeah, I've got my pipe. That's okay. how I do justice. He's in character. <laughs> He's very good. That's why Still I'm going to Hollywood. He's making a movie. <laughs> he can do Geordie accents, Scottish accents. Why I? Away the new... That's just two of my accents <laughs> that I can do. Russell, Matt and Trev, I have a fact. Apparently dolphins and humans are the only two species that actually get pleasure from sex. Love the show, Dan Leach. That can't be true, can it? Well, because otherwise well, think about sex wouldn't happen. It would have been all animals would have stopped having it off. And well, I've, no I've seen two pigs and they enjoy Trevor. it. I saw th you watched pigs enjoying sex. Yeah, it was an accident. I didn't plan it. Was I this part of the tour? Is this why you weren't <laughs> on the bus last night going back to Manchester from Leeds? <laughs> you were watching pigs having enjoyable sex. I got a lift in a in a pig truck. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, piggy, 
<laughs> no, it was it was this man in the karaoke thing. He said, "Do you want to see this?" And I said, Trevor. Oh no, no, the bus stopped, and um, you know. Anyway, the fact is that a lot of humans don't enjoy having sex. They just do it for something to do. This is an email from Rufy from Hampshire. I just heard your conversation start. When I was a student in Newcastle, there was a dolphin in the northeast. Was there? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he what? was just going, getting up to tricks. I heard about him, yeah. Uh, the sea part, obviously. Ah, oh, right, fair enough. Uh, Known as Freddy, he was involved in a court case. Honest, a bloke was, char was charged with some offence or other relating to abusing Freddy. Yeah, I seem I remember, remember yeah, that yeah. the bloke hanging onto Freddy's penis in order to be towed through the water. Clearly a flipper wasn't enough. Yeah, if you're looking at a dolphin and thinking, I need Something to hang on to, get the flipper. But really, I or mean, the fin, really, or its nose. It's only uh, human society that says the penis is any more, you know, wrong than the flipper. Mm, just... Yeah, but you can't fire sperm out of a flipper. And uh, the thing I think is, if Not I was with that attitude, <laughs> <laughs> maybe I can. I'm going to have a bit more of the can-do attitude about me. But I'm thinking, if I'm looking at a dolphin, Matthew, and I'm in the sea, I'd run a little mental list of things to hang on to. If I, if I wanted it to drag me around, it would definitely go like this: first, dorsal fin; second, Don't try either to show one off of its flippers. You know the word dorsal. I know the word dorsal. What does that mean? I think it's like a ball stool, but it's in the sea. Yeah. Then only after that, tail. And nose, would I grab its umbrella? <laughs> yeah, because yeah, you'd be on its back Vinnie like that. <laughs> I'd have his nose, and I've got, I'll be in his, I've my, I'll be blocking up his blowhole a bit. Oh, oh, yeah. Why? So what? He started it. Swim with dolphins. They're noble. I don't want to swim with them if this is how they treat people, <laughs> putting their umbrella willies at people's short legs. So, look, we're getting quite a dossier here that suggests that dolphins are perverts, okay? That's what I'm saying, and we should drive them from our waters, if there are any. That's <laughs> what I'm suggesting. It's wrong to apply human morality to the animal kingdom. No, it's not. It's fun. And I'd like to imagine all these dolphins wearing hats. Although Meerkat Manor does that. Meerkat Manor does it. No, Monkey World does it. Most puppies would never be born if we applied that sort of morality to the dog world. What do you mean? Why? Well, because... Uh, you know, dogs have it off with their mothers, don't they? What? Jacob you... had it off with Bessie and no one... Trevor, that's it. your family's dogs. Don't apply... I'll tell you what we must do is apply the Locke family logic to the rest of humanity. That citadel of filth that is your family is an insular, isolated place. Let's not apply what goes on there rabbits. to the rest of our lovely world. Maybe the Locke family rabbits all attack each other with flick knives <laughs> while practising... <laughs> up their back passages, but the rest of the rabbit world are lovely guys. Move on. Soil Boy from Staffordshire says, Great show, guys. I own a couple of sheep. And... <laughs> starts off with a boast. Who Just deserve two? sheep. Who owns two sheep? Well, this guy. And recently, he had a ram in with him. <laughs> He means a ram and mouse sheep, not that he oh, went up to him right. and went, Ugh, get <laughs> for that, son. He had a ram in there with him. In with, it's true that they can be frigid. They were not, <laughs> we were never saying that they weren't. We've not got strong views on this. They were not interested at all. In fact, they spent several weeks running away. I think the problem was that they were raised by hand and they think that they're human and they're not interested in bestiality. Maybe this is similar to the dolphins way of thinking that, uh, that dolphins think they're human and are sexually attracted to other humans. I'm sure a non-tame dolphin would not attempt to stick its winky in your pocket. Shall we do a scientific study? Soil boy. Do you know no. about that monkey thing when they used to feed monkeys with pink rubber gloves because they were, like, in captivity? Right. And they got... For hygiene? Yes. And not they, just uh, for when laugh. It, when it came... When they became mature sexually, they were only aroused when there's pink rubber around. Mm, that's really? a bit like my because sex they life. Because they learn... They learn from what their mother looks like. 
of what to... I don't know what you're say. suggesting, Matt. <laughs> but well, if you look... And in... that's a precursor to the next bit of information <laughs> I'm going to tell you. I read from my diary. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not going to ever put on Mary Goldra and your house. God knows what you'd find in him. What a way to carry on. Miranda says, because you want to... You probably want to hear more about dolphins. We do. I don't. I'm bored of them. Disgusting. <laughs> Are you disgusted? Well, wait till you hear this. Some dolphins got married to a woman. <laughs> Listen to this. A woman got married to a dolphin, although not entirely legal. <laughs> not entirely. It was a dolphin and a person. The ceremony was performed to cement the unspoken union between the unconventional lovers. It would have to be unspoken because the dolphin can only say things like, <laughs> and then it just, you know, they can't talk proper words like we can. Perhaps there is some kind of human alluring sonar dolphin emit that most of us are yet to tap into. Oh, that's a nice sentence. Or perhaps we should not try to stand in the way of true love with our moral codes and ethics and the frowning upon bestiality in that. You can find the story yourself if you want to, and it's got an address that's confusing. I like your radio show, and I really want you to do that ice cream van thing. All right, well, we will. Yeah, that, that person was from Australia, from Perth. All right, so people are marrying dolphins now. This is bonkers. Now, but there's not... Oh, yeah, look, there's the story. Sharon Tendler met Cindy, and she's it's even a woman dolphin, met Cindy 15 years ago. She said it was love at first sight. This week she finally took the plunge and proposed. The lucky guy plunged right back. In a modest what? ceremony <laughs> at Dolphin Reef, in the <laughs> southern, <laughs> that's convenient, place to marry a dolphin, in the southern Israeli port of Eliat, Tendler, a 41-year-old British citizen, became the first person to marry a dolphin. Dressed in a white dress, a veil, pink flowers in her hair, Tendler a dolphin. Got... <laughs> <laughs> looked quite a sight. Uh, Tendler got down on one knee, in the dock and gave Cindy a kiss and a piece of herring. If that's no way to start a marriage, is it? Having to do the herring and kiss at the same time, the kisses Ugh. would taste awful. It's not a perverted thing. I do love this dolphin. He's the love of my life, she said on Saturday upon her return to London. Hmm, interesting. Is he in the wild? He's yeah. just loose. I bet it's just in her bath and she's <laughs> keeps tipping water over it. <laughs> yeah, cuddling him all up, making him wear football socks. Sendler, who says she imports clothes and promotes rock bands. I like it. <laughs> so, says she does because I don't trust anything. <laughs> Once you've married a dolphin, it's very difficult for us to trust you. I import clothes. Whee! Import anyone want a jacket? <laughs> That's ridiculous. Clothes, anyone? Because I've just imported a bunch. I've got some grass skirts. <laughs> what import clothes? <laughs> There's clothes here already. No, Perhaps all clothes are imported, we don't know, industry's in a terrible state. And what state. else does she do? Uh, marries dolphins. <laughs> <laughs> she, she promotes rock bands. Hey, why not try a rock band? Not official. They're ace. <laughs> I saw one the other day, they had guitars. Uh, she's visited Israel several times a year since first meeting the dolphin. When asked in the past if she had a boyfriend, she would always reply, No, I'm going to end up with Cindy. A lot of people didn't know that Cindy, Cindy was a dolphin. A a Cindy's woman. a funny name for a man dolphin. Yeah, he's Israeli. I bet he don't know he's called that. Um, so people say, have you got a boyfriend? She goes, yes, she Cindy. taps her nose and goes, yeah. Yeah, I have. He's lovely. He's, Who is it? Where is he? Oh, he's at sea at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> Do you talk to him a couple of times a week? You have to listen to him carefully. When asked if you had blah, 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 she, she, uh, while she acknowledged the wedding in Verkonomus had no legal bearing, she did say it reflected her deep feelings towards the bottlenosed 35-year-old object of her affection. Bottle nose. Sounded like an insult. Must know how old it is. It's interesting. It must be in captivity. It's not a bad thing. It's just something we did because I love him, but not in the way you love a man. It's pure love that I have for this animal. How does she love men? Dirty cow. <laughs> 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 While she still kept option 
Uh, while she still kept open the option of marrying a human at some stage, she said for now she was strictly a one dolphin woman. Oh, poor Cindy, it doesn't even get commitment. Is, is, what? That it's marriage was a sham! <laughs> yeah, okay, Cindy, well, I'll stay with you for a while, but I've got one eye on the old human world <laughs> in case a human gullible enough to marry me turns up. Yeah, poor Cindy. Also, she said for now she's a one dolphin woman. She's not ruling out the possibility she Half might meet dolphin. another dolphin. She'll stop at nothing. Hang on, how's uh, with her dolphin? Is there a minister involved in this? Was there a religious we'll get to the thing? Bottom of this. She's hardly the jealous type, though. He will still play <laughs> with all the other girls. She said of their prenuptial agreement. I hope he has lots of baby dolphins with the other dolphins. The more dolphins, the better. More for her to marry the oh. loony. Oh, this little attacker, fine. Let her marry if she likes. Why has that become news? Because that's just something in her head. Well, she, well, no, I think perhaps it was a proper, you know, I don't know, perhaps it was because when they'd done the ceremony, people thought, this is bonkers, let's film she's it. She's an idiot, because she should prom she's promoting rock bands. She yeah. could have got their names into that article. Yeah. She could have gone, oh, and I got, um, you know, yeah, whatever so the name so of the band was to play at the, the ceremony. Yeah. Check them out, they're good. Also, my dress was made, <laughs> I was imported <laughs> recently, I got this grass skirt from Hawaii and this coconut bra I got yeah. from somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> I looked a real trick. They do exist, don't they? What, coconut bras? Coconut I think they're just Jungle Book again. Uh, they would be, you know, really up. good for this summer. Coconut. <laughs> Matt, you don't know about fashion. Earlier you were condemning my brilliant boots, oh, and God, now you're saying boots. this summer's hit are coconut bras. Yeah, maybe if you want to go out with Baloo on a date. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's where I've seen them. <laughs> <laughs> Jungle Book's not real, you know. Right, now, in an episode of 40 Towers once, not 40 Towers, 40 Horses. <laughs> <laughs> Seamless. <laughs> Shut up, because you're spoiling in the radio Shut show. Up. Shut up. Doing radio show now. In Fools and Horses once, right, what happened was Uncle Albert got upset by Del and Rodney. He then ran off, right? And uh, they were upset, Del and Rodney, that they'd bothered Uncle Albert in this way, and they went to places where they thought Uncle Albert might be lingering about. Matt's emotional development was formed almost entirely by this episode <laughs> of Fools and Horses. He judges all relationships and emotions by that template. <laughs> when getting into a relationship with a woman, he'll say, what would Del and Rodney have done if this situation was somehow ensconced with the abscondence of Uncle Albert? So, uh, what we wondered, right, is that during this famous episode of Fools and Horses, there was a song on, right, because there was a montage sequence with Del and Rodney looking in Seaman's missions, looking at, uh, docks and that, and over the top of it was this song, We're so sorry, Uncle, Uncle Albert. Albert, like that, and it was all, I thought it had to have been written specially. In fact, Matt, I once said Can to you- Can you stop reflecting this all onto me? I this is about you. <laughs> I don't- You're always going on about it. <laughs> Matt founded his whole life on this moment, <laughs> and then Russell, I mean Matt. <laughs> no, Matt, it's you that's obsessed with this thing. I've once humoured you about this and gone, yeah, no, I do remember that episode, yeah, it was sad. <laughs> don't cry now, though, Russell, come on. Come on, you're a man now. Because remember... Put your big boots on, <laughs> big boy. <laughs> Del and Rodney did find Albert again, and I think it was they all did. all right. So, yeah. But hold on, though, Matt. You were interested as well. And the thing I really want to know is, was that that song seemed very specific to the situation of Del Rodney. And I once said, is that song about anything else as well? Was that a proper pop song? It was a good song. It was a good song. We're so sorry, Uncle Albert. Well, don't do that We're again. sorry we let right. you go, or something like that. It didn't right? go that high. Didn't it? Well, anyway, Trev high. now says that this song has existed for, for millennia. It hasn't existed for millennia. It was written by Paul McCartney about John Lennon, and it's on the Ram album. He's not called Uncle Albert. There's a little bit in it where he takes the Michael out of jo uh, John Lennon 
Lennon's a bit where he does a John Lennon accent and uh, it's against John Lennon. That was it. So that's a Paul McCartney one from against Paul McCartney. Against him, also friendly. First. I think they, they were, were angry, they were angry with each other at that point. What, that he, how do you sleep? Was how do you sleep? Yeah, I think yeah, it, 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 was, it was a retort to that. Cause Good they to attack each other with records, isn't exactly, it? Exactly, they did, yeah. Mm. Alright, so you say- We'll all end up like that one day. <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll write poems oh, to right. each other. Captain Big Boots about you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well I'm gonna write, I use the fools and horses to form all my relationships about you. Trevor will write, Trevor watches pigs having it off instead of getting onto the tour bus. Mr Nibs, how's that poem going? Well, this not be finished. You've not going to incorporate all the events of the show, you yeah. idiot, like G does. You've got to incorporate it. He says it's finished. Something mad might happen. There's a what good is... bit coming up in a minute. You you not incorporate the, the Uncle Albert bit won't yeah, be in the poem. You're doing it as we're going along. You've got to incorporate the Uncle Albert bit, for example. Right, Albert. What rhymes with Albert? Fools and horses. Uh, you know, this show, Horses for Courses, there's what? No, hold on. No, this show has several courses, including the main bit about fools and horses. Something like that has to be in it. Well, now right? that's going to be in it, isn't it? Come on, sweet. Right, let's listen to this Uncle Albert song, see if we can work out if it was written. If it mentions Del or Rodney, we know it's definitely it was commissioned. If it don't. Trevor, this might not even be the actual song. Because I don't know that you know what we're talking about. Well, I do know what we're talking about. Go on, and I've sing got a bit the of the song. There's a gentleman next door. He went to his car to get this record just so that we could do He's this. He's got it in his car. Yeah, he had it in his car. We didn't have it on the system, so we've so got the CD. His system now is in his car. Yes. Now listen. Kind of made of Lego. Music's kept in cars. This no, is bonkers. This, up here. this place is ready to be dissolved <laughs> and taken down at any moment. This place is a sham. Okay. What is going on in BBC Manchester? Down in London, things ain't made of Lego. Now I love Manchester as much as the next man. Say a Abort, abort through that. Abort, abort, things is made of Lego, records is in cars, abort, abort, Mr Nibs' poem does not incorporate all events. Right, let's get to the bottom of this, uh, Uncle Albert Do you want to explain song. how you're able to do that? Uh, because I'll concentrate dead hard. He's got two voice boxes, <laughs> he's highly evolved. I've got one voice box in my armpit. So, hold on then, so let's listen to this song. Listen to a little bit, because it changes, three parts this song, and, oh, and there's a little bit Why where he goes you... into John Lennon's voice, listen to it, it goes something like, oh, I'll put it in the pool, I'll put it in the butter pie, alright, like that. Trevor, stop attacking the Beatles right. and their legacy. Come on, let's have a listen to it then, Matt. I'm so sorry. Oh, it is appropriate for Fools and Horses though, they must have thought it's this is. So sorry. Maybe that's why they called him Uncle Albert. Uncle Albert. Did that go high? Sorry. Boise and Marlene. <laughs> <laughs> Now this is the poignant bit where he's walking along on his own with his knapsack. Yeah, he was walking with yeah. his knapsack. Yeah. And he had a bag over his shoulder. Come on, get into it. <laughs> Painful to walk with a knapsack. <laughs> so sorry, but... Well, I get the gist of it. <laughs> no, I leave it. I'm really enjoying it. Oh, look at him, he's filling up. So Reminds me of poor Uncle Albert. They were out of order to him. Hello, poor... Oh, I do! Sure Evening, Derek. <laughs> My wife is happily married, Bell. I am merely married. Hey, in a bit he speaks through a loud hailer like I've you. I've got a loud hailer. Brilliant. Hailer. <laughs> hailer. Are you my hailer? Yes, I am. Here it is. Look, listen. This is the John Lennon yeah. bit. No, this is the hailer bit. Yes, <laughs> 
is this song about if it ain't about... I haven't done a bloody thing like that. It's ever so difficult to divorce this from the Fool's Nautis. What do you think it's about then? It's just, it happens to have the same name in it. Just yeah, concentrate. But... Someone must have a story of all this. This is where it changes. Let's talk overall songs. <laughs> it was always good. Right? There's a bit where we're not talking. Let's talk on that too. Is this the drum line a bit? Oh, I like this bit. It's jolly. It's great. Trevor, it? don't look so smug about it. Like you wrote this. Yeah, well, yeah. You're not way. Paul McCartney, Trev. Although the way you select partners. Oh, this is a good See, water, Uncle Albert. This ain't going on. I think it was more poignant, the Uncle Albert bit, in the show. The, the, they obviously did another version, changed the lyrics. They just took what? that refrain. No, they didn't. Sure, they don't just play this. See? How about now? How do you know that's making that could butter? be anyone. John Lennon weren't known for putting butter in pies. Sweet. It gets good. It gets good. I'm enjoying all of it. I like talking about the music. It's fun, isn't it? I think we should shut up. I think it's quite a good record. Nope. Let's carry on talking. This is a brilliant bit. Desmond the Marley. Yeah, he's like over the day, over the dark. Oh, you have to destroy everything. <laughs> this song's free songs. You can't relax. <laughs> Do you think he's really doing that with his lips, or has he got a proper trumpet? Can't be done. Maybe he's doing it. I'm bored of this now. Alright, fair enough. Good, that. So, in conclusion, Paul McCartney must be a perspicacious man, knowing that in the future there would be a programme for Falls and Horses, and after the original granddad, Leonard Pierce, died, they'd employ Buster Merrifield, who would play a character called Uncle Albert, who would have nautical connotations, and a song like this would be very handy in an episode where Del and Rodney needed to apologise to him. Incredibly apposite, isn't it? The Wonderful. Thing. So that's off Ram, Paul McCartney there. Good, isn't it? Us talking over things. It's the new... Links. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Us talking over music's the new links. So, um, oh yeah, hold on, where's that paper? Now, now I've got a copy of the star now, and I've able... I do want to rise above it a bit, but... Rise above it. Rise above it. I think you should do a love campaign in response to his hate campaign. Respond with love. Because he's clearly doing a low, dirty little hate campaign against you. Mike Ward, love out of the him. star. Mike love at, him back. Mike at... Hold on, let's see. Mike at MikeWard.tv Mike at MikeWard.tv Just make an appeal to people who actually know him. Mm. Maybe it's, he's shouted at a runner at the star. I don't know if they have runners <laughs> on newspapers. I think they must. And they want to phone up and give some information about Mike Ward, which would be embarrassing. Yeah, let's find things out about this Mike Because he's Ward got a character. weekly printed, you know, 
medium, we've There's got this. picture of him here, wearing a floral shirt, clutching a remote control with his claw-like talons oh, and his on. ghastly little fist. You're doing what the tabloids do. <gasps> exactly. I'm creating, what, well, I mean, I'm using metaphorical image, Im and imaginative language to well, make him looks, sound evil. He looks normal. Actually, he looks quite a friendly man. He's why has he got man. so much hatred in him? He doesn't know you, that's why. He's got a superficial, one-dimensional view of you, and it's easy to hate. It's always easy to hate. I think in these situations it's good to think that he's only in real life as the size of his picture. <laughs> <laughs> it's very hard to hate him then. Yeah, I feel sorry for him. Let's give him some dotted pictures. He has to jump up and down on the keyboard. Yeah. Like Mike, Mike TV. Oh, yeah. oh, yeah, that's true. He does probably press the typewriter buttons with his feet. Mike at MikeWard.tv. CC me the emails you send him so I can enjoy them too. So, uh, okay, we're going to help this person with an election campaign now. The person is called Joe Tidy. He needs our help. He's at university. It's his third year. He's running at the moment to become the member of the student student not student <laughs> that don't even exist student union joe exec tidy. joe tidy it sounds like he's gonna an be american mayor hey i'm joe tidy he'll be a great mayor he'll be a great politician for the school i reckon we've got to get behind this kids okay. university campaign and here he is on the line joe tidy are you there mate hiya yeah how you doing <laughs> we're well you already are like a politician you've taken control of the situation is joe tidy <laughs> your real name I don't know why people keep asking me this. Because it sounds like a lie, I suppose. Joe Tidy, I'm Joe Tidy, I'll tidy away all your political student needs. Well, I'll tidy up media, that's the idea. Mm. Oh, <laughs> Joe Tidy, you have made me expose one of my boobs. Oh. Both of them are out now. Take a good look, guys, because it's the last you'll see of them. They're back Sweet away. Every two minutes. <laughs> right, so Joe Tidy, tell us a bit about your election campaign and how we can help you. Then at the end of it, go, help in a voice. Okay, uh, well, um, I'm running in the, I'm in my third year, and I want to stay on for another year. Why? Um, you have to leave after three years, don't be lazy. Four well, more years! Know, I, I'm not ready for the real world. Four I'm more years! <laughs> Alright, you're not ready for the real world, so you want to become a student politician. That's, well, that's This it, shouldn't yeah. be what's motivating you to a career in politics. Well, it's not actually politics. I mean, this is, but it's mainly a, like a bit of a popularity contest, really. You go around giving people sweets. <laughs> Joe and, uh... Tidy! Oh, no. Go around giving people sweets. Come on, Joe Tidy. <laughs> I've, been give I've been doing it today. I've been spending a fortune on drumsticks. Other confectionery is, of course, available. Drumsticks? Um, but, uh, yeah, that, it works. People oh, yeah. like it. Okay, you're dishing out drumsticks to curry yeah. favour with the student voters. It's going well, is it? It's going all right, yeah. Um, people, I've got banners and posters up, and uh, I've got people wearing my little badge, Tidy Up Media badge. You sound like um, a young Hitler. <laughs> this is your <laughs> Munich push. If we don't step in here and crush yeah. you, you could ruin us all. Don't crush right. me. Don't crush me. We won't. Me. Tell us what sort of, like, what powers will you have if you become the student union um, exec? I'll be in charge of uh, the media services at Loughborough University. I'll be doing, like, uh, like Label Magazine. That's the union magazine we have. Goebbels. Um, <laughs> Goebbels' exactly. division. Okay, so you'll be in charge of propaganda. <laughs> Exactly, yeah. Right. I'll be able to spin hate stories about people if I want to. Spin hate stories? You no, are the Lily Riefenstahl. Is that that woman? Lil uh, Riefenstahl that made a brilliant groundbreaking film, I Yeah, think. but she did make films that was a bit Nazi, Trev. No, she didn't. I saw one, it was a bit Nazi. had Nazis in it. You're both ill-informed, let's move on. Lenny Riefenstahl. <laughs> Lenny Riefenstahl, good old... She was probably brilliant, Trev. I'm just saying them films were a bit Nazi. Now, um, okay, young fella, my lad, you want to make Nazi films, is that right? I, I want to make Nazi <laughs> films, yeah, and I want your help. You mustn't make them. The Nazis were wrong and we abhor everything they stand for. Free Tibet! So go on, go on then. Um, yeah, so um, I'll be in charge of, like, uh, That magazine. magazine what else? The radio, the campus radio as well. He's going to have loads of power. 
Um, and also the campus TV station and mm. the website as well. You've got a TV so, station? Uh, this yeah. is like a citadel. How, how LSU come... TV it's called, it's good. What TV is it called? LSU TV, Loughborough Student Union Television. So you've got a TV station, a website, a magazine. Yeah. Crikey. Um, yeah, Stickers and drumsticks. It'll be an unstoppable political force if we don't get to, the, <laughs> to grips with Joe Tidy now. Yeah. Joe, how do you plan to use this power if you get it? Because we're, I before we... use it for the greater good, the obviously. Mmm, great, the greater good. I don't yeah. know. Mm. But people use that to justify killings. So, listen then, what do you mean the greater good? Specify well, your terms a I'd bit. Be, I'd make it as good a journalism as possible. And good journalism? Yeah, and I'd um, like make it good for the students as well, so they can come and volunteer and become uh, like yourself presenters or whatever. Listen, and mate, that took years of toil and drug <laughs> abuse. You can't just ascend <laughs> to this position, poncing around Loughborough, scribbling in your your student mag. No, I can try. Yes, you, you're certainly okay. There's, I think I like Joe Tidy, Matt. Do yes. you like Joe Tidy? Yes. Trev, do you like Joe Tidy? No, he sounds like a, you know, prospective uh, Rupert Murdoch, Ted Turner type of tyrant, really. He's, He's a tyrannical mogul. But let's have him in our pocket, like how the mob have gangster, like the gangster mob, innit? They have a politician. The gangster mob. The gangster mob. <laughs> I saw some of them when I was in America. <laughs> like, if you can be in our pocket for your whole career, even if you become a proper politician and we can use you to influence policy. Yeah, right, we can work that out. Joe you Tidy. Need help me, yeah, I, need, I need, you need to help me uh, win, win the campaign. Joe Tidy. This is a Faustian pact you're making. If only what you were expected to hand over were as cheap as your soul. Now, we're going to expect you to bombard Mike Ward at the start <laughs> with emails full of vitriol. Morning, noon and night till his emails is jammed with we hatred. track him down. Track him down, Mike. Track him down. <laughs> no, don't track him down. We're going to give Mike Ward naught but love. What's his... Mike Ward at... Oh, no, what's interesting? Mike Ward... Mike at MikeWard.tv. Mike at MikeWard.tv. So, um, yeah, as part of your initial mission, Joe Tidy, we will support your campaign to become, uh, yeah. what, what's the job you're after? It's called Multimedia Editor. Vote for Joe Tidy to be multimedia editor. Who gets Brilliant. the vote? People at your, at yeah, your university? Yeah, we've got about 15,000 students and, uh, I'm trying to get as many of them to vote as possible. Brilliant. What's the name of your rival? Uh, he's called, well, can I say that, because that's advertising him, really. Isn't Trevor's it? trying to coax you into a trick. He is, isn't he? We're it's against your rival. We'll, let's black I his like name. I like your rival. H his name's Rob Hastings. Go Wasn't for it, Rob Hastings. I think no, Rob Hastings. Of Hastings. Rob Hastings was very recently involved in a scandal. A lot of people <laughs> are saying that he's having extramarital affairs and that he dresses up his pets in women's lingerie, then looks at them in a flustered state. That's what people are saying about Rob Hastings. Not it my words. It could be true. Who knows? But who knows? But I, yeah, we're right behind you, Joe Tidy. Thank you. We're going to get you to I the need, top. I've got uh, the ballot boxes are out on Monday and I'm uh, on Monday to Wednesday, and I need to do something big around the ballot boxes. Ooh, certainly so, do. Yeah. I suggest a great big whoopsie with sequins <laughs> in it. Come on, Joe Tidy, use your imagination. <laughs> I need to use your imagination. Well, we'll help you then. What can be Joe Tidy's stunt to crush the evil Rob Tidings? I've coconut bra. <laughs> Wear a coconut bra, Joe Tidy. Coconut bra, right, okay. Where Mist do I get them from? You make it out of a coconut Buy and a coconut string. And some string. Oh, right, okay. Smash it in half, then clamp it to your knockers. <laughs> that, that is essentially and a, a grass coconut skirt. Bra. And a grass skirt, and then go, a dooby doo, I want to be like you. Mr. Nibs will be sent down to your campus. Mr. Nibs, we will pay your costs. You're going down to assist <laughs> that man in his campaign. Your You're getting someone else to help with your poem, aren't you? She's right now. You are corrupt! 
He's but dictating already a poem. He's dictating a poem. What sort of a poet would dictate their poem? That's against everything poetry stands for. It's meant to come from the soul. Dictate Take a poem, will you? <laughs> <laughs> I wandered poem. lonely as a cloud. I had some feelings. Blah, blah, blah. blah. <laughs> For the rest of you. Yours sincerely. <laughs> poet. <laughs> so, your poetry, Mr Nibs, does not come from the heart. You're, but you can, you've got to get down to Loughborough University and help Joe Tidy. We've got to get him to win this campaign. We must support him against... Well, we don't know much about Rob Hastings. Rob Hastings has got substantial, real policies. He he doesn't need to resort to the cheap trick of ringing true. up Russell Brand a lot and asking of Russell for his policies. Rob Hastings is a dangerous pervert. Oh, I saw Rob Hastings. Got to watch out. Open his stomach and it was all wires in there. <laughs> <laughs> Rob Hastings isn't even a real person. He is a real person. He's a robot from the future. He's come to kill us all. Don't vote for him. He'll destroy us. Vote for Joe Tidy. Joe Tidy. He's not all cruel and snidey like Rob Hastings is. Joe Tidy. Joe Tidy. Joe Tidy. He'll elevate your consciousness and make you spiritually free. Free to bet! Okay, thanks, Joe Tidy. Say help. Help! We will send Mr. Nibs down to your university to make Brilliant. sure you win that election with corruption if much. necessary. Right, but remember, if you ever end up in the Houses of Parliament, you'll be in our pockets. We own your soul, Joe. Yeah? Okay, it's a deal, it's a deal. Ha-ha! <laughs> Excellent! <laughs> See you later, Joe Tidy. Yeah, cheers, mate. There and it so is. So the wheels turn. The wheels turn. <laughs> Vote for Joe Tidy. That's all we can say on that subject. Rob Hastings, he is Leave the truth. Come on. Come on, let's move on Those to another two. item. Right. Probably great mates. <laughs> Those guys. It's uh, probably like the Stones and Beatles. Probably find out they get on just fine in yeah. real life. Okay, so uh, what should, should we let's listen to some music? God. Captain Beefheart. Yeah, all right. This is funny, this. This will cheer us right. What is it then? Uh, Yellow Brick Road. Oh, hello. Well, let's listen to Yellow Brick Road by okay. Captain Beefheart. Let's not talk over it, eh? No. Let's the give him his moment. tone is a reference tone recorded at our operating level. Captain Beefheart, Yellow Brick Road. That's cheered us right beef up. Beefheart, not Beefheart. <laughs> That's just my pronunciation. <laughs> I'm not, it was not an instruction. Uh, there's a person here from Minneapolis says, Your show is so gay it wouldn't last a day here in the USA. What? There's nothing what wrong with being gay, and we don't want to last a day there in the USA if that's what's required of it, not being gay. Is that an attack? Exactly. It sounded like an attack. Actually, should we not... I'm a bit worried that we might have become a bit evil trying to get politicians in our pockets and starting campaigns. What do you think, Matt? I don't think it's, uh, that no, bad. No, it's not that bad. Trev? I don't think anyone's gonna take us seriously. Take us seriously! Can I just say, Russell, when I came up here on yeah. the train, mm. this was the free magazine. Woohoo! Oh, on the Virgin- On <laughs> Virgin Train, oh dear, yeah, did hotline. Did you do an interview with them? No, I didn't. They compiled that out of, like, you know, I don't know how they did it. I thought it was Burke News when I saw <laughs> your picture of it. Burke News this it's week. It's sob story you've given them. Have I? What does it say things like then? Ridiculous This is off Virgin it? Trains? Yeah. He says he was a desperately unhappy, wheezing little twerp as a child. <laughs> I probably did say that. I, think I'm, I was always saying things like, it's probably from this radio show, where I say things like, oh, did, I was a wheezing twerp. Did you do an twerp. interview with them? No. It sounds oh, right, so. like you did, though. At one point, I lived in a room above a pub. Despite this life of stealth and frugality, <laughs> some sort of urban fox, <laughs> managed to fund enough money, find enough money to fund a drug habit. Brand yeah. goes on. <laughs> <laughs> Listen to this. I try to avoid caffeine because... 
listen to this boast, <laughs> unfounded. Because my blood is now so toxin-free that I might as well have crystal meth as a cup of tea. <laughs> I'm like an angel man. <laughs> In a way, I'm my divine. My blood's clear. <laughs> it's see-through. I got translucent blood. I come from space. Um, yeah, fair enough. I don't remember saying that about crystal meth as a cup of tea. But, you know, don't attack me or that... Delightful Why's your hair in, your old, in the old-fashioned yeah. style? Because it's an old photograph, which I never would have sanctioned. Oh, I'm, really? Well, I yeah. think you look better with that. You should go back to that haircut. Nice. Really? I liked it. I like having this stupid haircut. Yeah. Russell says, um, didn't you once masturbate a guy <laughs> in an experimental fashion? <laughs> I've just read it on his website. What? Someone's got a career out of that. <laughs> <laughs> For me, it was just a moment. Suddenly you've just started shouting. What's all that about? Calm down, buddy. These um, are from another show. Yeah, these are from the past. I used to think of Russell Brand as a somewhat handsome fellow, but after seeing the picture of him in my pants, my illusions have been shattered. I imagine they were all the rage for young boys in the 70s, says Fairy, but times have changed. Underwear's moved on. Uh, Marks and Spencer's do a very nice underwear range for men, so do loads of places. Keeping with the white cotton theme. Matt looks sexy in his. This Claire de May, Fairy... <laughs> Pictures, she oh that old picture of us at Six Music. My pants, pants are great. They're nice, simple They're pants. Not. They are toddlers' pants. <laughs> through this. They're adult have pants. Have you got those on again? Yeah, I wear them every day. I used to have pants with Elvis Shager. I used to always wear pink pants. Hmm, good, wasn't it? No. <laughs> Was it not good? Well, cause it's just because I have to see him so much. Yeah, you do. You're in it's a lot. Because you keep your house like a greenhouse, walk <laughs> around in your pants. I like it. I'm happy there. Now, listen, we've got something very important to solve here. It's this woman. She's got a terrible problem. Her name is Carly. I have a problem. I desperately need your wisdom and sexual prowess in order to solve it. Crikey. Well, oh, dear. It's a program that requires sexual prowess. Let's, let's get to the bottom a of this. Program? It's a problem. Did I say Pro program? Yeah, you're such a pro. Crikey. He's, he is telly. He I'm, is very... I'm always focused on the job. Okay, so uh, let's talk to Carly. Carly, are you here, darling? Hello. You're right, my love. What seems to be the trouble? Well, the thing is, I recently started a new job and I moved from Cardiff to Hungerford and I haven't got many friends. So I thought I'll impress all my work colleagues by making them pancakes. Nice, good way to uh, impress people, <laughs> making them pancakes. <laughs> Matt, don't do that mime, I'm trying to concentrate. Now, come on, Carly in Hungerford, making pancakes for your colleagues. Is that, didn't they, what went wrong? That's, if, I, if someone started a new job with me and made some pancakes, I'd think they was lovely. Too, but the thing is, mm. I, I kind of told them that I was a good cook and I'm not. Oh, you so lied. I did lie, yeah. Mm. And I didn't mean to lie, but then I kept on lying. <laughs> you <laughs> didn't mean to lie, then you went on a campaign of lying. Why did you do it? Um, I just needed friends, so it's a terrible situation down here. And, um, and then I started cooking, and I was on the phone to my mother trying to figure out how to cook pancakes, and I turned around and the pan caught on fire. Oh, Christ, woman! <laughs> Why are you causing all this chaos in Hungerford? Get yourself together! Concentrate when you're making pancakes. Oh, so you started, you started a fire while you was making them pancakes? Yeah, and then I set the ceiling on fire, and I threw the pan <laughs> into the sink, and I set the curtains on fire as well. <laughs> You're like Frank Spencer. <laughs> why, why did you cause so many disasters? You set the ceiling on fire, you set the curtains on fire. How many days had you been at work when you did this I've senseless never... fire attack? 
I'd been there about two weeks, but, you know, it was the first time they'd invited me to spend time with them, and it was not in my house, it was in one it was of someone houses. else's house. Oh, don't worry yeah. about it then. Oh, fair enough. No, it's awful. Right, okay, you need to make amends, don't you? You've set fire to someone's yeah. curtains, you've set fire to the ceiling. And they know I'm a liar now as well. And they know you're a liar. Oh, dear. This does not look at all good for you, Carly. I know. What, what is the job as? Um, features writer. We write, like, real-life stories for magazines. Real life stories. Story. Yeah. You got yourself a story, <laughs> Matt. You cynical mogul. <laughs> okay, so uh, all right. You what magazine? Um, loads of different magazines like Take a Break and Pick Me Up and. We like know. those things. They're hilarious. Yeah, That's them things. Fun. What sort of real life stories? Tell me what you're working on at the moment. Oh, I couldn't do that now. Why? Because Why? Then someone might ring me up and think I'm making fun of them. I married a dolphin. Is it things like that? Yeah, yeah, stuff like. I ran off with my And Matthew, if you did marry a dolphin, you should have mentioned that earlier in the dolphin <laughs> item. <laughs> but go on, so real life, real life, real life stories about people running off with people. Yeah, yeah. Alright, but what? I'm uh, confused. On, if, if they're real life stories, how come you're yeah. writing them? <gasps> dun dun dun. Uh oh. You've no. been lying again. More lies! she goes, and they know I'm a liar. <laughs> You're a liar! Aren't she writes them on pancakes and flips them into the sea. <laughs> <laughs> Is that the way you live your life, woman? <laughs> Flipping pancakes full of lies in the sea. No wonder dolphins are marrying human beings. You're creating chaos. Dolphins read those pancake stories. <laughs> and then it gives them ideas. <laughs> Run away with a woman, shall I? Why not? I'll marry one. To Israel! <laughs> These are Bonkers suggestions. Okay, alright then. So you are a liar, you write down lies, sell them to magazines, and then you set fire to your colleagues' kitchens and you want us to help you. Is that basically, the gist of it? Yeah. That's basically the situation. You've got to say help. Yeah, say help and we will. It's a very busy place and I do need friends here. Yeah. You need friends? I like yeah. your accent. Where are you from? Yeah. Wales? Yes. I will help you. Let's try and help her. Alright, say help then. Oh, oh, just like a little, little, bit, like a little bit of punctuation. I bet her blow-offs are like that. I bet, I bet she doesn't do them. But she does. Like no, this. I don't! Like that. You don't do them. No. We can't trust what she says. She probably sets fire <laughs> to them and blasts them into people's <laughs> curtains <laughs> while she lives her life. <laughs> now, come on, Carly. Right then, so you need some help. Right, well, I suggest, firstly, let's write a true life story about a lying woman starting a new job and burning down people's soft furnishings. Right, that yeah. could be. You that. Shouldn't have curtains in the kitchen. Why are there curtains in the kitchen? It's a death trap. I oh, blinds. It's just asking for trouble. And yeah. also, people just don't talk about how dangerous it is to cook pancakes enough. Really? So yeah. we're hoping to spread yeah. a message. We were here. wasting time on the Tibet issue. <laughs> <laughs> now let's get to the real nub of this situation. China, stay in Tibet as long as you like. But, but for God's sake, if you're cooking pancakes while you're there, concentrate. Or we'll say that. Okay, yeah. So right. Okay. Well, what do you need us to do? We need to make you more friends with the people well, you work with. Yeah, and I need them to not think I'm weird and not think I'm a liar. Right. Or possibly, you know, another way to make friends in the area. I think send each person you live with a photograph of your genitals, no, saying, I've got no secrets on. from you. What's wrong with that? What's wrong with a coconut bra? We've been pushing <laughs> that for the whole show. Okay, maybe you need to pop on a little something we like to call... <laughs> coconut bra! Put on a coconut... I have a picture of myself in a coconut bra, actually. Send it. Send yep. it, we'll put it on the website. Do you look nice in that coconut bra? 
Do the halves of the coconut just cover the nipples? <laughs> <laughs> That's the spirit. Okay, send us a photo of you in a coconut bra, hold a dinner party at your own house, and just poke light-hearted fun at the fire disaster, have it as a sort of barbecue. But an indoor <laughs> barbecue where you set fire to the settee <laughs> and cook a sausage on a stick, and you're dressed up as Stig of the Dump, but wearing a coconut bra, and you've got a dolphin there that's sort of your husband, and uh, you drag it round by its willy for the whole of the party. <laughs> 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 Look at me, I'm just honest, honest Carly, how can you not love me <laughs> while setting fire to your farts? How about that? Now, if that doesn't make people love you, I don't know what will. I know what she needs to do, she needs to join my experiment. She's the Trevor ideal candidate stop, for stop promoting your we don't ideas. Like it. Why it's, not? It's a friendly... I don't like it. It's trying to make the world a friendlier place It's for not, us. Trev, it's trying to give you delicious power. No, that's it all, isn't. That's it's, its only aim. Car you think about power. Let's help Carly. Matthew, what do you propose we do? Um, what's the problem? She's not making friends in a village. Mm. Is that it? Mm. And they think I'm a liar, and they think I'm weird. They think she's weird. She's gone round someone's well, house and set fire to it. to stop them thinking that, I reckon you should go and sit in your room on your hands, <laughs> never talk to anyone. Because <laughs> it's difficult, Carly, because you are a bit <laughs> barmy. That's been revealed over the course of this conversation. You've gone to a new town, you've set fire to someone's house as a way of making yourself, assim assimilating yourself. <laughs> It's an odd way to live, isn't it? Did you have stuff like this going in your old town? No, I didn't. I, was, I led a very bland life before I moved to Hungerford. No, well, since you've been there, you've gone bonkers. Now, let's get you off the line. I reckon she should go door to door around the local area and go, hello, I'm looking for stories. I'll work for Take a Break. You'll get a bit of celebrity Other around magazines there. magazines are available. Yeah. yeah. Well, she works for all of them anyway. Yeah, <laughs> sure. I work for all of them anyway. Yeah, I'm not promoting any particular one. I'm just a gun for hire. I don't mind what I do. Okay, listen, yeah, go around, all your neighbours, make friends with them. Make... Mm -hmm. Why? Why is... What's going on then? It's just an office full of people writing stories. Yeah. And then you just... Are they lies, honestly? Are they all made no, up? No, they're true. They just, you know, sometimes you just got to fill in the dots of people's imagination. Dots? People don't have dots in their the imagination. Dots. Except Damien Hurst. What are these imaginative dots that you're scribbling over with lies and treachery? Listen, it's young lady. true. We don't lie. Okay. Well, I lie, but other people work here don't. Right, so say there was a story, say, uh, like, say one of the members of the team of this radio show said, oh, my embarrassing story where I slung a carrier bag full of whoopsie off my roof. What, what details would you fill in with that? You know, you'd need to add a bit of sex to it, I suppose, wouldn't you? Mm. Often Matt Morgan does add a bit of sex to it before he slings the bag full of whoopsie off his roof. We're gonna cut this bit out. <laughs> no, we're not cutting really this bit stupid. out. It's going out, this is, it's got to be done as if it's live. Carly, um, yeah, do the thing Matt said, go around knocking on people's doors, tell them you're looking for true life stories, then, uh, you know, make their story sound more exciting and that, then they will love you. As for that person, buy some new curtains and, uh, yeah, that sounds to me like all your problems are solved. Yeah, thank now, you. Oh. Also, them quirks in your personality are good things. Never be ashamed of them. Bye! Bye! Bye, Carly. There she goes. We've helped her, I knew we? those stories were lies. Yeah, I know. They sound weird. And then there's reading. photos of the people. Those people are just. I reckon she just goes around and goes, Can I take a photo of you? <laughs> and then <laughs> someone takes a photo and they go, I I'm in love with my own mum. <laughs> <laughs> I saw my cousin once and I tied him up in washing line and pushed him off a bridge. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I reckon that is what goes on. Let's listen to some music and then wrap up this crazy show. Mr. Nibs, I hope your poem's going well, mate. Nicely. You looked like you were lying when you said that. He looked down at the ground and went, it's coming along nicely. I do not trust Mr. Nibs, but no. let's hear his poem. God, I miss Mr. G. Come on, let's have a listen then. Stop. A 
bit at the end of that song is confusing, ain't it? That was the Pixies, Where Is My Mind? Where's My Mind? By the Pixies, listen to Russell Brand on Radio 2. This programme's nearly over. Noel Gallagher weren't in, we couldn't get in touch with him, so he won't be on the show. <clears throat> I remember once... Someone said, oh, they said Noel Gallagher was going to be in the show, a critic, again. And like I said, uh, Noel Gallagher was going to be in the show, and then Noel Gallagher wasn't in it! As like, and took that as evidence, because we're we mavericks. Know, yeah, we're mavericks. We might say that we'll ring Noel Gallagher, then we don't get round to it, okay? Oh, sorry, you excuse us for having imaginations. Hiya, Russ, I know of a man, elderly, who when he sees a woman in a skirt walking past, pretends to tie his laces so he can perv up their skirts. Fair enough, why wouldn't he? So, um... Why don't we then wrap up this show? It's been it's been quite mad, hasn't it? It's because we're in this little room in Manchester. The desk's made of Lego, like, and there's it's been peculiar, hasn't it? Have you banjos enjoyed... hanging on the walls. There's banjos. There's paintings of Mark and Lard. That's on... not a painting, is it? Yeah, it is a painting. Is it? Look at that. Loud Halo we played with. There's this. Why are all these things in here? They do. That was Trevor, that last noise. We can't condemn BBC Manchester for that. It's lovely up here, really. Now, Mr Nibs, who's been our assistant for the show, was instructed to write a poem. Let's see if he's managed look to do just that. Look at the way he's bringing it up there, like it's a mistake. Right. <laughs> Mr Nibs, you don't look very confident in your poem. Come over here. Let's, let's hear it. Now, bearing in mind that this show is normally closed by Mr G, our resident poet laureate and one of the finest young poets in this country. Let's see what Mr Nibs has scratched out with his evil little fists. Right, here we go. Alright, ready? Yes, yeah, so we're okay. ready, Mr Nibs. Is there anything you want to say before the poem begins, young man? Sorry. No, just I'm really nervous and... <laughs> you're nervous, oh, are you? Yeah. Well, you should be nervous, because you're about to do an abominable poem <laughs> on a national radio station, the most listened to radio station in the country. Right. Now, let's have a little listen to your poem. Alright, here we go. Russell, Matt and Trevor, up in your raw, censorship of the show and abandonment on tour. Good, so far. Oh, Pre-recording in Manchester, so Russell can go to La La Land, Wearing golf club boots to help him stand. Not bad. Although there's no relationship between going to La La Land and standing. Do carry on, Mr. I <laughs> <laughs> Accompanied by his hairspray in his tatchel satchel, I came in to learn, but I'm not sure what I've heard is factual. Mm. Satchel and factual is a nice rhyme. Good. Good. Chinese leaving Tibet, all things in Chinese sex, Joe Tidy to make Prime Minister, and Lego on the mixing desk. I got sold off for chatting whilst writing this poem, and guess I'm just a pest. Bitterness. The only truth of today is that Trevor Lock has four big hairy nipples under his string vest. That one episode of Only Fools and Horses governs Matt's on his life's quest. Oh, and Russell will spray a love shower to dampen Mike Ward's unfounded detest. I'm rubbish at writing poems because I'm really thick. There's one Aww. thing I know for sure is that Mike Ward is a bad critic. Whoa! Sting in the tail. Look at there that. There really was. Well done. That was a very right. good poem. Let's right. cuddle him right up nice. <laughs> Come on, there. Right, that, the show is nearly finished now. Well done. That was a lovely poem. We'll frame that. Right, nice. All in the bin look. I <laughs> know. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we're going to look after that. That was a lovely poem. Well done, Mr. Nibs. Now remember, you've got to go and help that lad with his election. Right, so it's been a lovely show. Thank That's you for poem. all your contributions. Matt, did you enjoy it here? I had great fun here. Lovely. Now you can build your desk into something else. You can make it into a fire station <laughs> or something, perhaps. What about you, Trevor? Have you enjoyed yourself? I always enjoy it in this room. It's lovely here, lovely in Manchester. Thank you very much, good people of Manchester, for looking after us. Now it's time for the news. Now we want... Now, what do you want Andrew Simmons to say? Something like Lego desk? Or something like that? I think she should go, there's been an invasion. Um, <laughs> they're pulling me off the mic. There's been an invasion! Trust no one! The rest of this news broadcast is propaganda! Oh, God help us all! Okay, well, let's listen to Andrew Simmons. 
the 88 and 91 FM. <laughs> this is Radio 2. Roll up, roll up. Hey, oh, Let's have a bit of bleeding news, shall we? 88 to 91 FM. This is Radio 2 from BBC. Bye. <laughs> Eleven o'clock, this is Andrea Simmons.